Hi everybody, welcome to another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who are the middle-aged mutant ninja turtles with me tonight? Donatello, Stuart Hughes. <laughs> I should have said uh, Luther Crew, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael Red Fox. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid guy. And Stu, do you want to introduce what lovely movie we're going to be talking about tonight? Yeah, just read the title of the episode. <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> No, we are. We watched the at the time the highest grossing independent film of all time, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, nineteen ninety nine. The good one, nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Ninety nine. Ninety. The good one. I don't know why I said nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety. The good one, not the not the second one that wasn't that great, or the third one that wasn't that great, or the Michael Bay ones that weren't that great. <laughs> the Michael Bay ones are god awful. But I, we're not talking about that today. It's the newest one. I don't know who does them. Oh, okay. well, I'm told the newest ones are okay. But this one is more than okay. The new ones are the Michael Bay ones. I thought there were ones after the Michael Bay ones that are more cartoony. Because Michael Bay ones are like... Ones. I, yeah, one yeah, animated one back in, what, 2007, I want to say? Yeah, that's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, wasn't there, wasn't there like a more recent one that was... Or maybe I'm thinking of a show. Wasn't there like a... Yeah, there's a show, then there's show movies for the show... And then there's Batman versus uh, TMNT DC anime. There's actually, there is another. Well, there's that one too. That was actually good if you guys didn't see that. But um, there's another one, Turtles Forever, that came out after that 2007 one. Oh, okay. I've heard of this. That was that was Adam. The Turtles Forever was like every previous like Turtles universe coming together all in one. Oh, that sounds really cool. <laughs> I like uh, I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it just refuses to die. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just it's like something we should... that never that was never meant to be what it became either. But that's a whole yeah. It's really just like it's it's always been hanging on by a thread, a thread, a thread, a thread. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's like the exact opposite of Firefly and Serenity in every way. It's like it shouldn't exist. There's no reason for it to exist, but it just will not go away. <laughs> and it was like some joke that they made, and and here we are, thirty years later, thirty plus years later. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't 30 it, years, uh, this movie's 30 years old. <laughs> I know very little about comic books, but I I want to say I do. I might know this. Wasn't the original comic book series like a, a joke? Like it was a parody because it, it was more of a parody. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, like the ooze is the same ooze that created um, Daredevil. Right. The mutagen. And it's just like, yeah. hey, what if it hit turtles, too? And the, the first that the first issue was supposed to be a one off. <laughs> yeah, that didn't. <laughs> now it's <laughs> on its fifth animated series. <laughs> I've seen the original, the the number one, a couple times. I used to go run around comic book stores, but never bought it. But I got to hold it a couple times. I used to watch the <laughs> show all the time, even though I was born six years after it came out. <laughs> I was born the same year. But I actually have a funny story with this movie. I actually, this is the first movie I was I, was, I ever saw. I remember nothing because I was like two years old at the time. But my mom took me to this movie, and I guess I got bored midway through, and we left. Because I was a two-year-old <laughs> at a movie theater. I'm actually <laughs> she tells me that. Yeah, because wow. I loved turtles as a kid, but the turtles cartoon, 1987 cartoon, and this are two completely different things. This is not. <laughs> oh, by the way, well, I wouldn't say completely different, but there's there's some elements in there from the cartoon, but it's the it's colors. minimal. It's very it's a it's a combination of both the comics and the we should, uh, cartoon show. <laughs> We should point out because we have international listeners. We're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which you may know as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because ninjas are <laughs> no. illegal in England. 
sword <laughs> nunchuck apparently yeah well it Why? was like this oh. with us like the swords were okay but the nunchucks weren't or some stupid yeah like... they had they had to edit out the nunchuck scenes <laughs> it's just like the most like typical example of like weird british bureaucracy it's just like oh we so can't there... have nunchucks in this, in this there are no show where fellow chuckers over there's no fellow chuckers in in britain Hero Turtles. <laughs> like, it's why are so nunchucks illegal in in UK? But it's okay to have the swords. But may, I, I don't understand. Somebody gotta it's, tell me why. I just don't get it. I choose to imagine like nunchucks were like a really bad problem at some point. Like, it just had like roving gangs of nunchuckers. Like, the IRA was just covered with nunchucks. Nothing. <laughs> the IRA was it was car bombs and nunchucks. That was those were their two main weapons of war against the streets. Streets of when you London, type in like warriors, apparently. why are nunchucks illegal? California comes up, Canada, Australia, Arizona, they're illegal in a yeah, lot of states. They're illegal everywhere. Yeah, because I mean they are like they are really dangerous because it's the way nunchucks exist, like the way they're set up. When you swing them, you're swinging the like the second half of them loose, and so that can hit way harder than to hit somebody with a pole. So you could actually, yeah, you could kill somebody with nunchucks. Oh, for sure. But to uh, ban them from a kids movie, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, kids <laughs> have to edit hey. them out of a whole show. If this movie came out today, this movie would be rated R, a hard R. To be honest, why, why, why a why a hard R though? Because there's kids smoking. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they and, would well, never uh, let that go. I thought now. you meant because of the uh, violence. I was like, no, no. you know they really. No, they, yeah. Really toned, yeah. That's a nine, 90s only thing for sure. In that <laughs> there's yeah. a bunch for, of kids that, was, kid, that, was, that was super normal to see that, and then today it was not a chance. <laughs> I mean, I that, like, like I said, that, I mean, that would not be okay. Like, I'd say like mid 2000s to like to like maybe like 2010. The swearing might have been an issue, but they don't really swear that badly. They just say there's... damn. They do swear a lot though. They say damn a lot in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> they do say like... bitch. Raphael, especially. Yeah, they do say bitch. It's it's mm. Raphael's catchphrase. His catchphrase is damn. <laughs> a very right. emotional damn most of the time, yes. Damn. Yeah, it's just damn in different contexts. Damn. 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 For those unaware, though, I should give the very basic plot of this movie, like, at least the beginning. Because there might be some out there that don't know what the hell we're talking about. I doubt yeah. It, but, you know, I mean, I imagine some... a lot of people haven't seen this movie at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've seen probably a Turtles movie, but this is... I've seen oh, yeah, all the... the younger listeners, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is probably one of the 30 best years ones. old. It is 30 years old. It came uh, out in 1990. 30 years old next year. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. Or it'll be 30 years old this year, rather. It's 2020 now. Yeah. I'm going to be doing that for three fucking months. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what you have is you have which i can't remember this is from the comics but you have these four turtles who got touched by the ooze and they be and then <laughs> they grow up like in that <laughs> yeah it's a little, it's a little <laughs> they were swimming in ooze how about that <laughs> okay they came in contact hey, in my childhood it was a girl carrying a aquarium that had four turtles in it dropped it down the sewer they got touched by the ooze <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> there was a human living in the sewers that touched a rat, then touched the ooze, and he picked up the turtles, and then he became Splinter, and then he taught yeah, him. Sure. Splinter was a... what? What kind of in... continuity are you going by here? <laughs> in the that's the original show. cartoon opening. Yeah, the show. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> Not that's this one. Uh, Splinter. <laughs> he is his mat. Like Hamat- Hamato Yoshi is his master, but I remember in the 1987 show, Splinter just is Hamato Yoshi. Like, yeah. 
Hamato Yoshi becomes Splinter, which I, isn't accurate. I like that yep, better. Probably. I don't like this where he's a rat who had a martial art master. I, he watched him from his cage and practiced fighting. I fucking love that's one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the movie. I hate it. It that bothers is, me. Not without any irony, I'm saying that is one of my favorite parts of the movie is it's Hamato Yoshi filmed against a black background doing karate, and then it cuts to the rat in the in like a it's not even in a rat cage, it's in a bird cage doing karate. <laughs> Yeah, did it bothered see, me. Did you see his form? It was amazing. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was like watching a Bruce Lee movie. It was like Fist of Legend. It was. I'm sorry, yeah, Fist of Fury. Like yellow, yellow tracksuit, Bruce Lee all day. <laughs> we should. You need to mention since since we immediately had to talk about the puppets of this movie because they're amazing. The for those who don't know, this was Jim Henson's like last theatrical theatrical movie right yeah, yeah he ever did. died yeah, so shortly after he died yeah a couple months i wonder so after if released not long yeah. i want to say shortly it after makes me wonder yeah i think it was like a month and a half or it was really it was like right after i think i think he worked on like other things before he died but no other like no other films like he worked on a couple shows or something probably sesame street that's kind of what he's known for <laughs> yeah but yeah it was oh. like like he made this passed away right after and i'm wondering if this movie is going to come back as a result of dark crystal making a comeback like if people are going to start going through jim henson's filmography again well you also have to remember like they will never who owns this movie well new line still no new line doesn't own this anymore because now this is all no new lines new lines almost owned this movie (laughs) it was this movie was almost made by roger corman for for those who don't know who roger corman is i don't i'm one of them right here oh my God, that is just like a whole that's uh, how do you I don't, even, I don't even know how to explain Roger Corman to people. He is like kind of like the king of bad movies. He is the pulp like, of pop Roger, cinema. That's yes, that's okay. yes, that's him. He is. He makes some of he he made sadly he's passed away. He made some of the best bad movies ever. He made uh, the you remember the, uh, the thing movie. Is he still alive? He's still alive. He's 93, but he's still kicking. Don't kill him Holy off already. Hell. I mean, how the fuck is Roger Corman still alive? Holy shit. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's that's the most insane thing that's happened all day. And I watched a movie about um, a ninja rat. <laughs> Roger Corman made the uh, he made the Fantastic Four movie that is like regarded as all one of the worst movies that- ever. It never came out. Okay. The 1994 Fantastic Four one. Oh, yeah. Which, by God. the way, I've watched. And it is amazing. It is so good. That movie got shit on unnecessarily. It is so good. It's the best Fantastic Four movie. Hands down. Fully aware of like the remakes that are just shit. It's the like, best that's one. It's like saying that this rotten orange is better than these a month old rotten oranges. They're both rotten, yeah, but yeah. one's a little... The, the bar is uh, not set nope. very high for the Fantastic Four, and it never will be. Yes. Here's the thing about Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's one. It looks like a rotting orange, but you open it up, and it's like the most perfect peach you've ever seen in your life. But on the outside, you, you think it's a rotten orange. You got to open it up. You got you to get through the, the, the rind. You got to get through the skin to find that perfect, delicious peach. <laughs> Well, in other words, got to suffer a little bit just to enjoy it. I wish Roger Corman directed this movie, but I think Steve Barron did a very good job as well. Okay. That was a roundabout way to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did I not know any of that. Steve yeah, but we should mention who directed the movie. Oh, as I was saying earlier, yeah. 
So, I mean, because for me, the Turtles are always a 1987 cartoon, but this is, I think, more closer to what the comic book version of them is. With the that that or the uh, origin yeah. the movie it's from the comic, right? Yeah. Right, Red. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So most mostly everything storyline related in the movie follows the comic. Uh, it skips around a little bit, but um, the only thing that really doesn't, I mean, besides the bandanas and things like that, is, is April being a news reporter. She was not a news reporter in the comic. Mm-hmm. She's a lab lab tech. Yeah. A scientist. Something. We're gonna. Have I to, like her being. There's gonna be a whole just. Yeah. I, I mean, it fits with the whole like. I think it yeah. works with um, 90s like aesthetic. Yeah, and New York. I, th- and like, I think just... they, made the, they made the right choice with it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of wish there still was the yellow jumpsuit kind of deal going on. But <laughs> Not in this I one. Mean, she, she, Apparently. she wore the yellow raincoat a little bit. Homage. <laughs> Apparently there was supposed to be. Apparently there was supposed to be the yellow jumpsuit. And Judith Hogue, hey, I, don't, I never know how to say her name. I think it's Judith Hogue. 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 Judith Hogue, who plays April O'Neil. Um, famously was just like she just hated this movie so much. She hated working on it. And like the reason she's not in the other two sequels to this movie is because nobody wanted to work with her because <laughs> they were just like she complained <laughs> constantly. She like everything that she was given to do was just I like I don't I don't know. This movie had a lot of issues. I I read some like behind the scenes stuff. I looked up a lot of stuff for this movie. This movie had a lot of issues. I, it's a I miracle think... it was even made in the first place. Yeah. Based on those. Yeah. There's a, uh, uh, to quote Mikey Newman, who is like, he does the movies with Mikey uh, videos on YouTube, which are fantastic and everyone should watch. But he has a great quote about how um, making a good movie is like throwing a dart and hitting a bullseye from space. It's just anything can happen and if any little thing goes wrong then the movie will immediately suffer and not be good you'd have to get it absolutely perfect to make a good movie and somehow somehow everything went wrong in this movie <laughs> but it's still great i mean look at look at uh, what, what they do with the turtles property with bigger budgets they absolutely ruin it ruin it whereas yeah. they struggled <laughs> from from the bottom up with this one with a small budget relatively and and look what you get a yeah, very small budget. Movie. I mean, like I said, it's a, it was an independent movie. Thirteen point yeah, five million. I, oh well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned how this was the highest grossing indie film when it came out, and I mean, yeah, the budget was thirteen million. It returned two hundred million. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> deal. That's insane. It, almost twenty times the amount they put into it. Like holy <laughs> shit. Which I, I don't. The entire time I was watching this movie, I just I so I watched this. Uh, spoilers or behind the scenes i watched this a couple weeks ago or rather a couple months ago because we we've been trying to do this episode for a while now <laughs> it's just like can, like was not working <laughs> we keep pushing it back it was a relatively decent amount of time <laughs> when were we supposed to do this episode back in early december or something no a couple weeks ago you're talking about when we did the turtles in time episode you watched this movie to talk about it but then you couldn't make the turtles in time episode due to scheduling oh so that's yeah. why we're doing this now yeah so i watched this movie a couple months ago <laughs> then i watched it again for this episode and then i watched it a third time right before we started recording so i could like refresh and the entire time i'm watching it i just like i felt nostalgic i also just like kind of felt like sad <laughs> For like all the kids' movies that come out today that are just shit. Like we talked, we we just fucking talked about trolls on the last on the last game episode. And like we mentioned yeah. how there's a new trolls movie coming out. The fucking like CGI one with Anna Kendrick. And it's just like those are crap. I mean, I'm not saying all kids' movies are crap. There you got like Coco and like Toy Story, which really tackle some 
you know, some really heavy themes. They do it in really creative and great ways. They don't treat kids like they're idiots. But this movie is like really dark and oh yeah, it has some like big things going on. And they people swear there's a lot of violence. It's actually supposed to be way more violent than it was, but the director got like they fired the director like at the end of production yeah. and re and uh, edited it because it was just it was so violent. Well, it Jim wasn't Henson wasn't was on out, board but, with that either. I mean, yeah, he, he was neither not on board was Judith with that, yeah. I liked her in this movie. I, I liked April. I thought she did a good job. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. was one part. I just, you know what? She, she's I swear She might have complained. She looked but like she, she was she drunk. Like it fit. It would have fit the part, <laughs> but it, it, there's one part right there. Like I feel like that character should have been drunk or high or something. It wasn't her acting. It was just, <laughs> I, just what my brain went to. But we'll, we'll get to that. But as the movie opens up, you find out that there's these. I want to say the first scene is April is going to her car or her from the news station she gets attacked by some muggers like she's all these reporting. teenage kids she's reporting the opening scene later. is uh it's everybody it's her reporting because i don't know who the fucking protagonist of this movie is i watched it three times <laughs> i really don't but the movie opens with uh april narrating and it's her narrating the crime wave in the city and it's okay. like a it's like a montage think... of people getting robbed by ninjas how good was that opening, though? Like, it sets the whole tone. It lets you know what's happening, who the, who the enemies are, so to say. Not it's saying it's perfect. the foot clan. I don't think. Or they do say it's the foot clan. Yeah, they do say everything about it was great. Yeah. But I want to say it perfectly sets it up. It per- everything, everything in this movie is set up. Everything is set up and everything is a payoff. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I do want to say they don't introduce, introduce the foot soldiers until later at first it's just a bunch of like kids stealing from people like someone steals a purse and chases it's that oh, yeah. type of yeah. nature you don't see anybody you see... In, in the ninja outfits or anything. no not until yeah. a little later well, what you see is really odd because i still having watched this movie three times i still don't understand this one bit of that opening op- uh, opening uh sequence so april o'neill she's narrating all the pickpockets are going around the city and like berg like like cat burglars are breaking into people's homes and stealing shit, but they all have like ninja skills. They're all really good at it. <laughs> like they're very clearly ninjas robbing people, which by the way is the worst thing like about Splinter at this point in the movie is he just, he has pickpockets at this point in the movie. He's not, he's, he's not a murderer. He's not like a Shredder. crime Lord. He's just, uh, he's, he's okay. What's the guy from Oliver twist Fagan. He's just Fagan from Oliver twist. He's got like all of his orphans pickpocketing people. <laughs> I guess Fagan yeah. doesn't really work out for him yeah, either. But just, anyway, he just wants a whole bunch of free shit. Like, oh, yeah. you see all the TVs that he that he's watching at one point. Yeah, <laughs> he can afford it's, to it's break the same level of crime. <laughs> and the stuff it's they're the stealing to me is just amusing. A... Now, you know, thirty years hey, later, no yeah, one's stealing it's... stereo systems. Yeah, like, taking like, like, when like, you yeah, watch Fast and the Furious, I think I was in the dollars of equipment here. DVD it's the same level of crime as Fast as the first Fast and Furious movie. Where they're stealing, they're stealing like radio parts out of the back of semis, and it's like, is that supposed to be like bad, like bad enough for people to be like getting murdered over? That seems like a pretty low level. I mean, like it's a like, felony, but it's like it's not like you know a really bad felony. There's an early scene in this movie that I like where, where the guy go, they have a truck full of electronics. He goes into the building real fast, gets something, comes back, and the whole truck is empty in like a matter of a oh, minute, yeah. less than a minute. And that part just makes me laugh. The like, one... And they're like, crime wave keeps getting worse. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. They, the one thing that's kind of confusing, and I, I think this is supposed to be setting up Splinter or 
or his like his henchman uh satsu tatsu where like at some point somebody steals a wallet and they're they're handing it off to like multiple people like this wallet is going through like it's like the like Xena like now you see me too which apparently stole some shit from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like they're like handing everything off. It's like all this like crazy back and forth of like oh like like I'm going to slip the wallet into his pocket and he works for us. And then at the end of it, the guy like you see his hand in the shot and he's handing the wallet off to a mysterious person who's wearing like a chainmail fist. Is that just a ninja? Or is that like it's not Shredder, right? Like Shredder isn't out on the street so, collecting no. wallets. Just, no. Foot soldier, I think he's not. Yeah. So this begs it's the question for me, soldier. though: What are they doing with all this money? All the stole these stolen items? Like, what are they doing with all this? They they never really mentioned that, and I think that's one way to dumb it down for yeah. the for the child audience too. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's just like when you get to the hideout, is a crime. He commits crimes. <laughs> I mean, you get to the hideout, they're all, like, kind of sharing the items that they stole, and they're all smoking. Like, there's one part early on with Sam Rockwell on the stairs with these two new kids. Yes. That they're, and he's like, you got cigarette? We got menthol? Or we got regular? And and then he also yeah. does a classic Sam, Sam Rockwell. Second he winks. Role. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He winks, which is, like, it's... a classic Sam Rockwell thing now. This is Sam Rockwell's second movie ever, and it just goes to show that Sam Rockwell has always been Sam Rockwell. <laughs> It's People one of the reasons the I like. I love him as an actor so much. Kind of like Iron Man too. I mean, the same cocky type character, even though a lot less lines. That's a uh, twenty. Yeah, I didn't realize. Um, his uh, well, that's. I was gonna go on a big tangent, but I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to how to work. Okay, I'll. His wife is also like... in the Iron Man movie. She's the reporter. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, she's oh, the reporter. I was saying, like, I like. <laughs> I like their. High- I know it reminded me of Double Dragon's Hideout when we were watching that movie on the show, but much just, cooler. Just done better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just uh, it's a cool scene. I love it. It's man. part of the reason I, I, I say this is like it's almost a perfect movie because that is exactly what like a kid in the '90s would imagine a gang hideout would look like, where it's like <laughs> there's graffiti on the walls, they're selling cigarettes to each other. Everyone, it's like there's like a skateboard disco party happening in the background. <laughs> Like, and there's how else cases? Would you describe that? <laughs> and there's cases of Pepsi everywhere. Everywhere you look, everybody's <laughs> drinking Pepsi. And it just it's makes like... me laugh because it's the old Pepsi cans too. Because you know it's a nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the first Pepsi cans I remember. Same. I like how uh, it, that's one of those like product placements. I, like I don't mind. Some people get really upset. I don't mind product placement in movies. Because there's a lot of interesting things you can do with product placement in movies. Don't like Jurassic World was like, "Welcome to Jurassic Park," brought to you by Coke, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, that like you're not saying anything there." <laughs> but this movie is like Pepsi came in was like, "We'll give you money to make this movie, but Pepsi, you have to show that Pepsi is so good that that's what all the thieves want to steal. <laughs> they don't want to steal Coke; they want to steal the Pepsi because that's the better soda." <laughs> It's just it's that, like, the, that marketing real, logic that I love. The real winner of the product placement in this movie, though, was whoever ended up getting the, the pizza deal, which was Domino's in this case. It I was, got a funny thing Domino. about that. But also, <laughs> the, uh, the even pizza though Hut thing. Domino's is a product placement in this movie all the time, yet Pizza Hut was the one that advertised this movie and had all these promotions after it came out. I remember that. Yeah, as a kid, Which Pizza Hut had it. Make any sense. I was like, my favorite part about that like, is why isn't it Pizza Hut instead? What happened? My favorite thing about that is that the, uh, that that teenage mutant Ninja Turtles Pizza Hut campaign cost them twenty million dollars. 
That was that was how much like all the marketing that cost. It cost more than the movie that they weren't in. <laughs> Which doesn't make a lot of sense. They could have funded they could have funded this movie and another half of a movie. It's, it's Second so movie odd. Costs a lot more, I remember though. seeing those like even as a kid, I remember still seeing those like uh those Pizza Hut ads because people just had them packed. I think like my parents had some packed away. Because back back in the old days, kids, you had to collect coupons, uh, analog coupons, believe it or not, and keep them in a coupon drawer in your house. Some people still do it, but uh, most people just use like online shit now. But yeah, I think in our coupon drawer, we had um, we had like several Pizza Hut Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, coupons that were that were old. And I feel like I'm saying that word wrong now, but they were like just old and completely expired. But they had Donatello on them. Uh, the coupon. Yeah, I mean, that's just was a time though. Like you had no internet, so. But also one of the scenes that <laughs> I want, like, because they they live in the sewers, which I guess I, I was as I was reading about this for this episode, they 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 went and filmed some of the old like subways or went to the old subways and kind of used that and inspired yeah. them to make the sewers. Because I was always curious, yeah. I'm like, the sewers can't be this big in New York. <laughs> I've been in sewers. No, they're, they're uh, well, big. they're pretty. They're pretty big in New York. Um, you know, because that was too bad uh, we don't have a when, New Yorker on this episode like we used to <laughs> a long time ago. Well, based on uh, based on my trip to New York, which actually I just went to New York back in November, and we, one of the things we were like we were walking around the city, and I'm not that amazed when I travel places. That's like I'm not putting any other like places I've been down, but uh, I'll say like when I went to New York City, it was definitely it was definitely different than any other place I've been before. Because there's just so many people. And we were walking around. We're like, how the fuck do they... How the fuck do they supply all these buildings? Because they can't just park a semi on the side of the street and block traffic for a whole... Like, a whole intersection in New York. And we realized it was because, this, like, underneath every building, there's the giant basement that they they pull up and they uh, throw everything down a conveyor belt underneath the buildings. And that's how they supply it. And they do just do that real quick. So this is, like... All the basements and the sewer systems and everything, they're pretty big in New York. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll give That's kind of like when I, when I, mean, I visited Chicago last yeah. year and I was in downtown and I remember seeing these staircases that went down. I'm like, oh, and I was, and I remember going down them one to look at them and I went down at night and it just was like a whole nother, you know, a whole nother street level and it had all these docks that led to all these top, these tall towers. And I felt like I was in a 1990s New York movie or something. <laughs> and I went back up the stairs. Also saw a bunch of homeless people too. And I, I'm like, I'm going back, back up these stairs. That's there were uh, less homeless people in New York City than there were when I lived in DC, which I was surprised by. Apparently, New York is way cleaner than DC is. I always think of the meme. <laughs> Apparently, There's... DC just sucks. <laughs> I always think of this meme I saw where it had Luke and Obi Wan standing above the edge. So there's never been, you know, the hive and villainy, and it's what it's Washington, it's Washington DC instead of Los Eisley. Yes, that's why it's kind of. It's a pretty disgusting city. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's no New York in the nineties. I love, I love New York in the nineties in film. New York in the nineties in film is great because New York used to be the most crime-ridden place on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked like like there's a reason why post-apocalyptic movies for a long time. And it was because New York was so bad that they started filming movies that take place in like dystopian futures just on the streets of New York because there was fucking graffiti everywhere and it looked awful and it was filled with trash. And so that like it became a trope. And then movies started doing that and like mimicking New York. <laughs> and, like when New York cleaned up, like people are still trying to mimic that 90s New York feel for a of movies I, I just think it's really funny it's hard imagine to pull it off so these days. i mean like the only the only thing that i've so really seen that in a modern thing was uh daredevil everything else just doesn't pull it off right 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, oh, and they try to do that for all the fucking Marvel shows. Oh, Red, do you want to introduce? I have, I've explained my Marvel problem, right? <laughs> I don't know. But we can have save I that for another. My Marvel problem? You might have. Okay. I have a problem with Marvel in New York, but um, we'll get there in another episode. Yeah, there'll be another one coming uh, two months from now. You can talk about it if you want to. In but the what I do want to say is, uh, Red, do you want to introduce the Casey Jones part when he first when he first get introduced in this movie? <laughs> Damn, what does he say? I don't remember. What does well, he not say? the line, just the part. He's, his first thing is, I have it right here. Oh, you mean like the actual scene, just the setup of it? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you the line. I had it, now it went away. Oh, here's the uh, line. Damn it. Oh, that was a crime, you purse-grabbing pukes. And this is the penalty. Oh, yeah. Two minutes for slashing, two minutes for hooking, and let's not forget my personal favorite, two minutes for high stick. That just well, sounds wrong. I mean, <laughs> either either way, two guys end up stealing what it was, a purse, correct? Yeah. They steal a purse, yeah, a purse. <clears throat> yeah. run into the park. And this is something that very similarly happens in the comics as well. They grab the purse, run into the park. Casey, the crazy vigilante that he is, goes after them to get this lady's purse back. But th- that's the thing with Casey. He's way too violent, and that's the issue that <laughs> Raphael had with him in the comics and in the movie. He he appreciates that he's trying to do the right thing, but just he's way too violent about it. Casey Jones wants to punish people. He tries to beat the shit out. He's like going to kill them for stealing. He's like Punisher, where he's like, you've stole a purse. It's time to die. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite it's very part close. of that is like uh, that dialogue. It's hard to undersell it's hard to oh, I say it's hard to oversell the dialogue in this movie. The dialogue in this movie is fantastic. It's like I would say it's like Marvel Avengers level good for like a lot of the like the fight scenes where it's still got that fun kind of that fun like jokey energy to it, which I was I I just love. I'm super impressed by it, considering the uh, the writers of this movie didn't really do anything afterwards. But I love my favorite line of that is like the class is pain 101. Your instructor is Casey Jones. <laughs> Like, I don't want to so, fight you. But, well, tough rocks, pal, and he just tries to beat the shit out of Raphael. And he, the line for that when he first sees Raphael, which, again, I guess it makes sense, you know, the 90s, and you're trying to rationalize, hey, what are you, some sort of punker? I hate punkers, especially bald ones yeah. with green makeup who wear masks over ugly faces. Like, it's yeah. just a weird line, like, you don't realize there's something really wrong here, that you're fighting a giant turtle, or nope. But I well, it's, it's, it's the kid logic. It's the kid logic yeah. keeping back in. Where it's, oh, of course nobody knows that Raphael isn't a giant mutant turtle because he's wearing a trench coat and a hat, so they can't see him. <laughs> like, like it's, there... it, it's the kid logic of if you put on a trench coat, if you put on a hat, then you might as well be a spy. You're invisible. Or the part <laughs> I when love he, there's that a part shit. when he rolls over he rolls over a taxi and the guy's like, What was that? <laughs> a giant turtle. Like just out of like I, the taxi driver's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Just pay and me. The, and the go. same guy that the same and, guy that asked that about it is the the actual guy that plays Raphael in the suit. Yeah. Oh, all the, uh, <laughs> I didn't know all that. the actors that played all the actors that like played the physical turtles have roles in the movie as themselves. Yeah. Okay, essentially. Cool. Well, cameo. Wasn't uh, Michelangelo <laughs> the, the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. 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 I like, I they like all like interact scene. with themselves. Okay. <laughs> Leonardo was actually one of the, the foot soldiers, uh, with outside of the costume. He was like uh training in, in one of those scenes with Tatsu. Okay, I want to say they all like. I want to say they all directly interact with themselves. It's not or like pretty like they they all come within like a couple of feet of their their themselves as not the turtles. I don't think uh, Leonardo does, but maybe the rest of them. Yeah, I think that, I the, the one that played Donatello. Maybe the Donatello one was the one doing the the whole. Fe- oh, a 
Fellow Chucker, eh? I think he he was him. I think oh. it was. <laughs> fellow, I just like a fellow Chucker, eh? It just that's turns into a, parts of the movie. It turns into like Tombstone. Like it turns into like a Wild West duel with nunchucks. It's great. Then <laughs> then Donatello it's... pulls the old the old look in front of her, look behind you. Just kidding. The attack's coming from in front of you. Where he jumps <laughs> over him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just does a full fucking leap over Donatello and kicks him in the face. <laughs> but I I do want to talk about that scene that we were mentioning a little bit ago with the late pizza, which is on so many shirts that you probably, at least I see on Facebook ads, trying to sell oh, me or memes. Oh, yeah. A lot of, where, lot of memes. Classics. Yeah, where the guy, the guy trying to find where to deliver the pizza because it's like something in a half street. And he's like, where the hell is it? And then they're like, hey, it's over not- here. And the guy's in the sewer. And they hand like the ten dollar ten dollar bill or whatever the money is. They hand it through the sewer and they're like, "Give the pizza, and we give the money." And then they won't let go of the money. He won't let go of the pizza. And he's like, "Hey, this yeah. is only a ten. I never pay full price for a late pizza." And so that so those for people were like wondering where that line is from. It's from this nineteen ninety movie. Yeah, I never thought about that. People like... that didn't know where it's from. Like I just never thought that was a possibility. Two of us are older oh, exactly on this show, so <laughs> yeah. As I said, I was born six years after this movie came out. I still watched this movie when I was very young. Uh, this movie actually scared me when I was really young because the puppets freaked me out, and then I had to I had to get over it because the I just liked it so much. And I was like, "Oh, this movie's so fun! Oh God, these things are terrifying. Splinter is terrifying. I don't like this. Oh, but I, I like this terrifying. And I watched this yeah, rat scary on looking. VHS. I watched it. What the rat? Yeah, he Splinter? is scary looking. Yeah, he is a big. Creep. It's it's his. It's it's that he looks so lifelike compared to the turtles. He feel like yeah, he's I don't know. It feels like he's like made of like actual rat. <laughs> he moves a lot more like, uh, animatronically. Uh, I feel yeah, because he doesn't move yeah, a whole lot either. Uh, I mean, he's tied up for a good chunk of the movie, and he's a Jedi for one part of the movie. <laughs> there's no point yeah, where he like, walks right. Like uh, I mean, there's one point where they, he has his arms around Casey and I think Danny. And then he's kind of yeah. moving that way. He's, but any other scene, he doesn't move or walk or, or anything. No, he, he does. Cause There's he's one part open. where he stands, but he's not moving. He's just standing. And you can tell it's like a rig. Yeah, well, he's he's standing always filmed the from like the waist up. There's a part where he's like walking with the turtles, but it's filmed from the waist up. And you can tell that you know, like he's probably on some kind of like dolly or something. Okay. <laughs> like, it's a... Uh, this movie looks really good still, though. I'm surprised at how good it looks. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and like the the I actual turtles have like watching this on a VHS on the nineties. I did not be, because VHSs were like in fucking two forty p. I did not notice <laughs> that the turtles had like actual turtle texture on them. I didn't notice that like Master Splinter had like actual all their eyes like actually glistened. They're good like costumes. Like hair in the like the matte Jim. hair on the fur. It's I mean it, it's Jim Henson. This is just a testament how, how talented he was. I mean this was his his lasting impression i mean he died what a few months later but this right here shows just how talented he was besides all his previous work i mean he did it he did a very good job and look at the other movies that came afterwards that still use those those suits suits like that they could never replicate it it was always straight trash when they when they tried it and they never worked out like the tv show yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) crazy like uh, anyone who had like doesn't know about his legacy just just that's a wikipedia article worth reading jen henson was like complete trendsetter for special effects in so many aspects and animatronics. It took uh, 
<laughs> it took three animatronic operators to operate Splinter. They had to get or like a puppeteer. They had to have, like get one or two puppeteers and then like another guy to operate all the facial movements. And that's just like when he's sitting on that pad in their uh in their little hideout. They had three people to do that. Imagine how bad this movie would have been without Jim Henson. Well, you just, just got to fast forward to 2014. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> you could fast forward uh, to the third movie that came out <laughs> in this series. Yeah, that's true. You, you wouldn't have to say that anymore. 1993. All right, but it's, uh, I mean, one other thing. Okay. We had mentioned Danny. Like this. <laughs> uh, Danny yeah, is... Fuck Danny. I, I like Danny. Okay, one thing, I do a couple questions, but one, Danny's this kid who is kind of in there to help move the plot along a couple times and make you more, like, give you more of an insight on what, they're why these people are going to them. He's just a kid who his dad is owns a TV station or manages a TV, something, something to the TV station. And his dad don't is get the, like editor in chief for their news program. He's like their, okay. their boss. He's the boss of the news. <laughs> like there's, there's a, and then it shows you a couple scenes where he's stealing from April early in the movie. He steals like a, steals a purse or steals something, or he's one of the guys that passes off something. Also at a different point, they show you going to the hideout with shredder. And he's the one that ends up turning in, all the tur- turns into turtles to where they're hiding. But, no, okay, that's later on. I'm fast forwarding. I uh, oh, I think Danny, Danny. I think I think Danny might be the protagonist of the movie. <laughs> there's like there's like three protagonists. There's April, Raphael, and Danny. Danny has like okay, so everybody, April, Raphael, Casey Jones, they all get their like little kind of character arcs to various degrees has like a whole character arc and moral arc that actually comes to like you could argue the other people like Abel doesn't really learn anything she's just she's kind of like she's the prote- like she's the narrator she's like the one she's explaining everything to the audience Casey Jones learns to be like a little less of a scumbag and I mean he still kills people <laughs> I wouldn't like, go that far he commits murder at the end of murder. this movie he's actually I wouldn't, of, I wouldn't. Of, the, of the <laughs> of the two murders in this movie Casey Jones commits 50% of them <laughs> um I guess, like, (laughs) Raphael, he is definitely, of the Turtles story, he's definitely the protagonist of that. Not not any of the others. Like, Leo is, he's the leader, but he's, like, in the background. Like, everybody else knows their place in the group. Raphael is, like, doesn't really fit in. So his moral arc is to kind of, like, trust his, his brothers. But that doesn't really, like, bloom into anything, really. Like, at the end, he kind of fights with them, but... It's not like he has to trust them to do something. It's just no, I mean, they I were mean, fighting with each other. Before. I, I think if, if you dig a little deeper, you might find a little bit more there uh, just because he, he had an anger problem. There was that one issue well, when he went off on his own and watched Critters <laughs> and stupid shit like that. And met I Casey. Love he, came, <laughs> he came back and, and he spoke with Splinter one on one. And that was a very deep talk about his anger and how to control that and to trust his brothers or whatnot. Uh, but I think later on when he actually came out of that short coma he was in when he gets the shit beat out of him yeah when he gets the shit because again why did that happen because he he had anger issues again so he yeah. went and blew off some steam on the roof nobody heard a damn thing apparently and nobody um, <laughs> they're only one floor above literally one yeah. floor above and i yep. i live in a three-floor apartment you hear things like you hear people moving around but somehow they're like i mean he's getting his ass beat fighting what 30 40 guys and they hear nothing yeah. they're like eh, he's fine I love uh, a, you know, and that's the thing too. Like that, they're they're all ninjas. Yeah, I get it. But even Casey Jones can hear the shit. Like how many buildings away? Yeah, my favorite part of that (laughs) that whole sequence is uh, when Raphael gets like the absolute shit beat out of him and thrown like two stories down through a glass, like giant glass 
skylight. They're like, his brothers come and rescue him, and they just throw him in a fucking tub. Like, he's just in, like, <laughs> yeah. hanging yeah, out of a him. bathtub. An old bathtub. They could have put him anywhere room. else. Let's throw him in a damn tub. There's not a I get bed? He's a turtle. You know, he's a... <laughs> Let's put the storm in a tub. <laughs> Maybe like the tub is like the most like applicable to the shape of his shell. <laughs> like, but he's not it's, even laying down in his yeah. back. He's sideways in the fucking tub. And his water is supposedly in this tub too. Yeah. They're drowning him. April and Casey couldn't just give up the bed and just give it to him for a while, you know? Yeah. Know. Put him outside on the dirt. That'd be more comfortable than the tub. That's what I was thinking. But what I'm getting at here is when he comes out of his coma, you know, he and they, they start training with one another. They all reconnect. They, they bond again and they, they go through the campfire scene, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. Yeah, this is where they all bond together. And, and Raphael finally overcomes that. You never see him get that angry again. You see him sure. uh, happier and they, they, they bond a lot better because of it. They work together through the rest of the film. To that, I would argue that. They they do do the training sec uh, like sequence, but that's like a montage. Like that's like the obligatory '90s montage is them training <laughs> and like getting ready to go. <laughs> yeah. To go at this point, they think they're going to go get revenge for Splinter. Right, but there they were some confusing. deleted scenes with that. Yeah, that where Raphael brings the you know the whole Apple thing up. I, at least I was reading that brings the whole Apple thing up in in the sewer when they end up fighting some of those foot soldiers back in the sewer. So uh, there's some stuff like, missed there. It feels like Danny is more the protagonist to me just because like all of his like his arc is like Raphael's arc. I don't know if I'd say it was like a moral one so much if it, as it was like their typical like uh, martial arts movie montage of like, oh, I must not be. So, I must not let emotion control me. Whereas Danny's was like he like Danny joined a gang like he joined the foot clan. <laughs> terrible was, gang. He was going to become like this warlord's son, essentially. He was leaving his foster father to go join this man who was claiming that he was his like he was now his father, not through blood, but through like loyalty and like service. And yeah, he was like stealing shit. And, like he wasn't in the movie for the longest time. He wasn't in the movie like at all for the first half of it. And then suddenly at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, it's all a he's got like he starts talking to Splinter and he starts like questioning the clan and <laughs> Thinking, oh, like maybe, maybe I shouldn't steal money from my mom and and work for this guy who's killing people. Well, April's yeah, not a mom. He, he's in the movie. I mean, he plays a he's like you show the one part where he gets arrested, which well they don't show him get arrested, but they show his file get put on the desk, which is the reason why April gets fired, which I didn't catch till this yeah. time watching the movie. His where he his file gets put on the fired. desk, but he's not in it. Like they talk about him, and he's at some point they're talking about him, and he's in the room. In the background, they keep like cutting to him in this kitchen. They're, yeah, they're talking about him, not to him. Like, like, he's, he not like, he's not like he's not like an acting figure. He sees the turtles at one point. He's, he's the one he's that a... leads the turtles, yeah. or leads the foot soldiers to where the turtles are hiding in April's apartment after they already caught yeah. Splinter because they fought uh, he... foot sol- after they beat up the the foot soldiers, which we haven't talked about yet, and rescue April. <laughs> that's when the foot soldiers. I didn't catch the the first time. Remember how the foot soldiers followed them into the sewer? Or one yeah, guy, yeah. Did. And then, like, Shredder so, learned. The only reason Shredder learns about the turtles is because Danny, like, drew them down. And so, like, everything that happens to the turtles is partially Danny's fault. And then he has yeah. to learn to, like, make the right decisions face. That's why I say it's kind of like he ends up being the protagonist of the movie. He has, like, the biggest moral arc out of everybody. So, the, the thing about Danny is that I, I wish they would have covered more. And I know I realize it's, like, a, what, an hour, 30 some minutes or something like that. Hour 30, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like an hour yeah, 25. So, I realize they have limited screen time and, you know, you got to 
which is a lot for in five different stories. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing, the thing with Danny, they could have said it in maybe like one conversation. How, why he's acting the way he is. I mean, I don't think they really cover that. He has a dad that who truly loves him. His dad makes a lot of money. He's the head of some news station. Uh, what the hell is this kid's deal? Uh, yeah, I realize his mom is gone, yeah. but is that enough to go do what he's doing? Is that enough motivation? They never really cover it. I mean, is he getting slapped off screen or something by his dad? Like, <laughs> I mean, what is going on here? I mean, they to don't me, give enough. to me, it felt like his mom is dead or something, let's say, or his mom left him when he was one and a half to go to go move to Texas or something. And, you know, something of that nature where he has a lot of anger towards his mother. And so now that he's a teenager and, you know, he's going through the hormones and he's lashing out. So well, I not, wish they would have covered that dad, at right? least a little. She doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> his dad is a uh, his dad is a sponsor. Oh shit! Dad, right? Oh, it's, that's what you're getting. <laughs> it's, 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 I did not put that together. Sorry about that. <laughs> wow! So right, let's, keep, oh. let's, let's keep rolling. Let's keep so, rolling. Yeah. Boss, boss, dad is boss foster dad, and boss foster dad doesn't have time for his son, and so. The son joins a gang. It's okay. basically he's okay. he's searching for family, and right. the only family he has access to is this gang. But oh, that's makes that's sense. again that's something that happens. Like he's a passive character at this point. That's just stuff that's happening to him. He's not Me. making any decisions. It's just like he's ending up in these situations. I feel like that happens a lot where gangs, like even in like you know, gangs will end up becoming the family for people that are coming from fractured homes. That whole idea. I mean, yeah, it works. I, mean, I didn't question it. You know, it's another um, reason I say he's like he's the protagonist is he goes from being a passive character where things are happening to him to being an active character where he's making the decisions. He's changing things in the movie. I like, question more how the turtles hide in that scene when Danny and his dad come apartment <laughs> than I do question. You question that? Raphael was in critters. Raphael was went to a movie theater and nobody saw I questioned that, too. Point, actually, at some point, somebody does see him because he, we mentioned how he, he dives over the car. That might that actually might be my favorite line in the movie, where his uh his actor is like, <laughs> Raphael slides over the hood of like a taxi, and the guy's like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Looks like a big turtle in a trench coat." <laughs> I think he says, "Okay, toidle. <laughs> toidle. It looks like a big toidle in a trench coat." Anyway, where are you going? It's like, okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> like it, I like how like people see these giant animals and they either immediately accept them and stop caring or they don't realize that they're animals for a ridiculously long amount of time. <laughs> like when Look Sam Rockwell in the game saw him without the hat. Like Jesus Christ Casey. Yeah. <laughs> oh like you brought Casey Jones there. Sam Rockwell a, I wanna... the gang sees Splinter. They're just like Look cool, a giant rat. Like there's a giant <laughs> rat that's talking to us hanging on a chain link fence. None of them question it. None of them say anything oh. about it. Sam Rockwell does like his weird Sam Rockwell stare, but like nobody at, at no point is anyone like, yo, is that a big fucking rat? What the fuck <laughs> is with that rat? Somebody should have brought it up. <laughs> okay, there's a line I, we when you mentioned Casey Jones, there's a line I have to mention, because to me, back in 1990, this would have meant nothing. Now, it means a little bit more, because I know what cricket is, but there's that part where he pulls out the cricket bag, and he's like, cricket? Nobody oh, understands yeah. cricket. You gotta, you gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Well, that's and, what Raphael says. Yeah. Okay, it yeah. it cracks me up because it's just one of those things where like I I never knew what cricket was until <laughs> recently. I watched a whole documentary about cricket because that's what I do, and now I understand about cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in the nineties, I was like, "What the fuck is cricket?" I had a a friend of mine I knew uh, that was from Pakistan, and he played cricket. He's like, "It's like cricket." I'm like, "What the fuck is cricket?" 
thousand you know, friends. Oh yeah, cricket is fucking. <laughs> yeah, I would, friends stretching it, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Cricket's a huge thing in like Pakistan and India and like yeah. all, all over Britain. that like Asian area. It's weird. It's, it's all where Britain huge. conquered. It's bigger there than it is in. It's bigger in like India than it is in 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 That's Britain by a lot mile. A lot more people in India too. Yeah, it's also because there might be a you know kind of a, a gang running at FIFA style and refusing to let cricket spread to the rest of the world. But whatever, I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> I, I don't want to get killed. I don't want to get killed by any uh, weird Indian mob that might have ties to the Indian government. You, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stuff so happens. About India is a crazy country. A lot of people. All right, and then there's there's a scene where I briefly kind of went over it, where April's in the subway after she just went on the news calling out the Foot Clan, and this is what pisses off the yeah. chief police asshole guy. And they go. She's in the subway. Yeah. I like the scene oh, where the where the foot soldiers approach her, and they're like, "Your mouth is going to get you in trouble." And he puts his hand out, and he just slaps her. And I just laugh. I'm like, "This is humorous." I'm here to deliver <laughs> a message. Yeah, and he slaps her. <laughs> I love to the, the well, police chief is played by uh, Raymond Sarah, who is like the police chief. Like he is, he is the actor you get if you want an angry police chief. It's like him. I don't like him. Or uh, or the guy who played the the police chief in the last action hero. Like those are the two dudes. You oh get. yeah. Oh, that's what I think of immediately. Or like. <laughs> Or like CCH Powder, like one of those three people. Those are your go-to angry police chief that are like they're about to have a heart attack because they're yelling at you so much. <laughs> Every scene. You know, you know what I didn't like about this April scene? I she's What's that? She, she she's in that subway alone, obviously. All these guys hmm. in they're out their ninja outfits, can't see any faces. Why would she not be terrified at what's about to happen to her? <laughs> Because, you know, she lives in 90s New York, and shit like this happens all the time, man. Yeah, and she pulls out <laughs> Sometimes you get... Sometimes you're walking home. Sometimes it's late at night, you were you spent all day at Coney Island with your lady, and you gotta get home, and a ninja clan decides to kill you, and you just gotta deal with it. That's New York, man. That's she what pulls, you gotta do. She pulls sometimes out the side. And That's like, yeah, sometimes you see a big-ass toidle. <laughs> a sigh never seemed like a good weapon. I will I will never understand, even though I've seen people kill people with sigh, it's called Melina in Mortal Kombat. I have never understood that weapon being like a good weapon to me. I just <laughs> well, don't like well, it. The thing about size is that they aren't they're super badass. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're like guardians. Yeah. That Raphael made them badass, but they're not they're, I want to say I could be wrong about this. I could be completely wrong about this, but I want to say size aren't actually weapons. Um, well, they're not in like the traditional sense. Pretty sure they're guarding. They're, tools, uh, yeah. yeah, they're defensive. Yeah, they were like, guarding can, tools that um, kind of became defensive like tools. You could catch swords maybe, and and yeah, disarm like, people easily with kind the, of the kind of hooks they have. Okay, I've seen people break uh, break swords with them because a lot of swords made in like eastern provinces are somewhat brittle because the metal over there they didn't have like the reason katanas are designed the way they are not that size happened in the same places as katanas i know two different areas people don't get mad at me but okinawa the katanas are made did have size yeah i want to say size were more um chinese too weren't they asian countries before uh, okinawa india thailand china vietnam malaysia and indonesia well metal over there fucking sucks like the reason <laughs> katanas have to be made the way they are is because the metal there is very brittle and you have to fold it or else it'll just break really easily which is why there's a thousand videos of idiots online that are like swinging these old katanas that are like parts of people's like parts of their family's ancestry and they're just swinging it wildly at uh, bamboo poles and the katana will just shatter they're fucking hilarious videos but yeah you could take a side just like snap a katana right in half okay 
I just don't. I, like, I like videos of guys breaking katanas. It's very funny. Oh, but also then she starts beating everybody with her purse, which I thought was kind of funny too. But yes. I agree. She should have ran up the dance. It's more effective than the side. Or have pepper spray. To be fair, she had that it. in the opening scene where she's getting robbed. Wasn't that trying her trying to beat them with her purse? Or can't remember. Yeah. I, did, I missed the opening because I went to go walk a dog. Gets, and... uh, Raphael's side because he drops one. That's like oh, the yeah, that's uh, opening gets the side to begin with. Yeah, she breaks the light. All the side in her purse. Nobody sees the Ninja that, Turtles. That has a really good setup in it too, because she's she's like she's in a parking garage when this happens. She's walking through a parking garage, and at some point she like she turns around and she sees a rat, and it scares her. She's afraid of rats. So it's just a great setup for when she eventually sees uh, Splinter, and it's like like ah yes, right I know this. That. Like it's like I said, kids movies don't do stuff like that anymore. Like kids movies now, jokes have to be like bam, 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 bam. There's no setup. It's just throw out as many jokes as you can. Yeah, Again, excluding high. like you know some good ones, but this is like, you don't really movie. get that in kids movies. You don't get a setup and then wait and then get a payoff. A lot of movies now just assume that their audience is you know fucking stupid. And they're like, oh, they're not going to remember <laughs> thing from ten minutes ago. Well, we for the record, made, uh, uh, fart joke again. I've seen this movie twice now in the last week, and I did not either time see the scene when she saw the rat in the subway that you're talking about. Both times I missed it. So that, that wasn't the subway, was it? Was it the subway that she saw know. the rat, or was that again in the opening? Uh, no, it was, that was the parking garage. That was the opening I missed scene. it. She's walking times. through the parking garage. Yeah, it's that's one of those things that where oh. like you don't have to see. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in movies that's like it. It kind of is subconsciously training you or like preparing you for instance instances. A, like a great example of that is Baby Driver. If you ever watch Baby Driver, the there is a constant ringing in the background of that movie. That movie has because the main character has tinnitus, so Edgar Wright puts a ringing throughout the entire movie, and you only hear it when the music dies down. And it's just a subconscious thing that's with you for the entirety of that film. It like puts you in the shoes of the protagonist without you realizing that you're being put in the shoes of it. So a lot of things that movies do that you don't really, you might not notice outright. But they like mentally prepare you for it, and that that's what cool. a great instance of it. Yeah, I mean, you I saw it. You might not, you might not have noticed it, but you saw it with the Never rat. Saw the movie. Oh, then, oh, I saw that movie. Okay, I thought that movie. Yeah, and no, I didn't see the rat. Okay, as I was saying, and then the annoying after... thing is uh, yes. if you, <laughs> I was just saying, the annoying thing is once you realize that and you start looking for them, it will ruin your expectations of movies because you'll watch a movie and you'll go, okay, why was that there? Something's going to happen with that. Fuck. Uh, God, I, I, they need to do something with that because now I'm just wondering about that one little thing. So you're telling me when he drinks the blue so. milk, something's going to happen later in the movie that has to do with the blue milk that he sucked from the nipple of the, of the weird alien? Yes. I know you get my um, joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that pays off later in the movie when he sees uh, Leia and he's got like, a little bit of blue dribble on the side of his mouth and you're like, I know what that's from. I remember make, that scene. They make a third movie that completely disregards the second movie? That's when it paid off. But Wait. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after she gets knocked out and they and then Raphael rescues her, <laughs> there's a part that confused me when he grabs her and he jumps Why in the doing, JJ? <laughs> and he jumps in this in the train and all of a sudden the foot soldier is looking for him. I'm like, how the hell did he get in the tunnel before the train goes by and not get run over? I don't understand. Ninja. Okay. That's that's what I was looking for, I guess. I like that. Or if you're English, hero. I, I do like yeah. that scene where she wakes up in their lair and they have on a ratty old couch that looks like it should be growing mushrooms or something in, in it. And she's like, I must be dreaming. Like that. I do like that. That scene is cool. That's, I mean, I, I think that's the only dialogue, too. 
it's the only person that really reacts to them that the way that somebody normally like would in real life for the most yeah. part. <laughs> Which at that point in the movie, I was like, oh, April's the protagonist. <laughs> just she's the only one that sees the turtles how they are. But no, she's just supposed to be like the audience uh, insert. But yeah, I love that. She's just immediately is screaming her head off. I love, I love that part, though, because uh, I love the the dialogue is so good. in This movie when they're like giving Raphael shit. Like, who is it? Michelangelo talking? No, it's Donatello talking to him. He's like, what are you doing? Who is that? He's like, oh, I just thought I'd redecorate, you know, add a painting, <laughs> bought a reporter. <laughs> I like that part, too. <laughs> it's Avengers level dialogue. It's great. It's perfect. It's Joss Whedon level dialogue. It's amazing that the writers of the show didn't or this movie didn't go on to make like amazing things. This was the writer's last credit. This is the last thing he did. It's also interesting. All right. Yeah, and then I, after, I don't know what happened to everybody. After that whole scene, which does play a big part in the next scene, where then then they go to her apartment, which is above a antique store for no reason other than a really cool scene afterwards. But I that's the part in where the, I in the com- earlier. That's, that's comic accurate as well. The antique okay. store. It's owned by her family, I want to say. Yeah, her dad and her dad's Ooh. dad, I guess, when she runs a store that loses money, which yeah. doesn't work out very well, I feel like. But hey. <laughs> what? Go ahead, continue. <laughs> and that's the scene where I was saying where she's in there, where she's with the turtles, and they're sitting there eating pizza with her and doing like the where the guy where Michelangelo's acting doing the Sylvester Stallone part about Adrian yeah. and that whole part. Like I'm like, like this is something that nobody would get nowadays because I think he's referencing uh Rocky two. I'll fight Apollo, yes. maybe I won't. Rocky Rocky one. Well, Rocky 2 is where they, well, he wants to rematch. I don't think he wants to do it. Maybe it's it, Rocky 1. It's Rocky in general, because Adrian is from the first one. Second one, and third, and fourth, and fifth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he says her name in all the movies. But She's in the first all one the movies. The famous one. Up to six, and six well, is when no, the character's dead. No, she's not in dead. all the movies. She's in the first one. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a <laughs> I can talk a lot about Rocky, but... And can we watch that, all and that's the when... Rocky movies at some point? I I know. The Rocky movies are also good. Even the bad ones are good. Rocky five six is, is so good. fucking good. Six is good. Five is you fucking know, I, garbage. Which one is five? Is five Balboa? No, six is Balboa. Is that a uh, five or is it? Is that, I, five is the one so that nobody talks about, where he fights the guy he trained that he was training, and you have uh, Don King type character as a promoter who's the villain. Oh yeah, that one was like just bad. Um, yeah, that's that one's just awful. Yeah, the one where Adrian dies and it's like, oh my god, the tone of this series has dramatically shifted. That's like my favorite one. Uh, that's it's that's like, just Baboa. And they come back. Yeah, all those I fucking years love later. that one. All right, but as, okay, when they're that's in the, the building <laughs> and she's do, and he's doing the personation, that's when I swear April just looks high. I know, I I mean, she's playing the part, but she's just so excited to have them there, laughing. It's like you think she'd be drunker. Like there should be a bunch of like cocaine right there on the table and a bunch of beers like oh it's great having these turtles around here man I, what a what a high i'm having today like that's what it felt like to me should have been happening it's not i don't know uh you know, maybe she had some that, sort of like uh, like sickness she just ate like three day old pizza so well she's probably okay. like about the like, movie got that that hard r that she wanted he would have seen some maybe some white powder on the table no the, the hard r is just the kids <laughs> smoking i mean nowadays no, that would be that would be x-rated at this point like the way a movie would never nowadays come out with kids smoking yeah. like, i that uh, would never happen i don't know about that anymore i think i think you can get away with it again i mean they're smoking making the law of 21 like, for buying not a pizza, they're making the law 21 movies but not not if it's a movie it, it, specifically made for kids. I don't think so. No, no, you couldn't market it as a kids movie. 
but I think you could still get a PG rating because there's this weird thing happening. I, I've, I've mentioned this to a couple people where the smoking age is going up, but like the acceptability of cigarettes on TV shows is also going up. It's kind of odd. Like I watch a lot of like I, I, I like SNL. I watch a lot of SNL and they've started smoking on SNL, like smoking actual cigarettes, which is very surprising. <laughs> Like for a long time, they couldn't smoke. You couldn't smoke on any TV show. You could actually get I think you get fined for it. Yeah, because it was like free advertising for cigarettes, essentially. But there's this weird thing where suddenly you're allowed to smoke on TV again and people are just doing it all over the place and like smoking is big in movies. again. I think I it would not surprise me if there was a scene like if if there was going to be a scene in like Stranger Things, I got cut where one of the kids like tries a cigarette and then like throws it away because he thought it was disgusting. Yeah, but that's or like one okay. of the police smokes, and that's how you know. That's, that's how you know he's 80s. a bad guy. But I guess okay, I see where you're coming from. But it's, I, it's '80s nostalgia, but because '80s nostalgia is still so high right now, I think you could get away with it. Did any did any of the bullies smoke in it? I feel like they might have in the new I it don't movie. Remember anymore. But you might have a point. Maybe, but it's definitely I, not okay. But that's a hard <laughs> R movie, though. Maybe. Well, well, it is, but I think you could get away. Like, Stranger Things is PG-13. Yeah, but I'm talking about it. Like, it is hard R. I think you can get away with it. I dare somebody to get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but but that whole scene where she just, I don't know, just something about that scene, she just looks like it doesn't, I mean, she does a fine part. Like, I really liked her as April. Like, I, I, I enjoyed her acting, and I just, I enjoyed her in this movie, which I don't even know who she is other than this one movie. I think that's all she did. Hope. She didn't do much. Uh, I looked up her. Was not. Yeah, she did some, but not a whole lot. Yeah, she. Uh, she did. She, she was on a like a. She, she was in Halloween Town, Mike. Never seen Halloween Town. Uh, okay. Halloween Town is like. Well, you you're a little old for Halloween Town, but Halloween Town was like the Disney Channel movie for like people my age. Like holy fucking shit! Like Halloween Town was the Disney movie. Nineteen ninety eight. Shout out to Halloween Town. Uh, I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Halloween Town? No. Oh, man. I have Disney Plus. I don't think I've ever heard of them. Oh, man. Halloween Town is great. Okay, so Halloween Town, real quick, because fucking Halloween Town's amazing. Halloween Town is about a a young girl who she wants to go, like, visit her grandmother, but she can't. And her mom's, like, like, giving her all these, like, weird excuses. And she's like, you can't go out on Halloween. You can't even go out and, like, to Halloween parties. I don't want you to, like, experience Halloween at all. And her fucking her grandmother shows up and she's like, I'm going to take you to where I live. And it's Halloween town. And it's like a town where it's Halloween every day. And like the cab driver is a skeleton. And there's like a guy in a pumpkin that's trying to like take over Halloween town. It's great. And there's absolutely four movies on Disney Plus. By yeah. Way. So anyone listening to Disney right, Plus, they're not is curious. All... They're on there. <laughs> they're not on... all good, but Halloween Town one and I want to say two are fucking fantastic it's only halloween yeah. town it's, i know is a nightmare before christmas that is it it's like <laughs> it's the same kind of like idea as nightmare before christmas but it's live action okay. and uh uh debbie reynolds was in it okay oh well, fuck the, the turtles that's the name of this <laughs> fuck the turtles and fuck the turtles we're talking about halloween town <laughs> and so they go to they go you can't just scene. bring up halloween town me. I never <laughs> yeah, I me to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know you knew it existed. Uh, oh yeah, I no, would I put it on the same level as like uh, 
like Xenon, Girl from the 21st Century. <laughs> these are these are very specific references to people who watched Disney when they were five. <laughs> the Whenever right you're age five. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like after the only thing back, we had on oh, one more thing. The only thing we had on Disney when we were kids was like random Mickey Mouse and like Pluto cartoons. I don't I don't remember anything else other than that. When I was a kid. Oh, they started doing movies at some point, like uh, like Halloween Town and Brink. Brink also very good. Terrible game for 360 and PS3. That was all multiplayer. No, you're thinking of. I know what you're thinking of, but I can't. I don't remember it's the name Brink. of it. It's called Brink. Oh, oh is it called Brink? It's definitely not. It's, it, there's no way it's based off the MT. The uh, MT. No, it's so, oh, no way. Okay, so after they, <laughs> and that's when they find out that Splinter gets captured, which I think we have mentioned earlier in this episode. And that scene is kind of sad where they go back. And that's also there's a funny scene when we were talking earlier where Raphael gets in the fight before he goes on the roof to get his ass beat. And Donatello and Michelangelo look at you and go, pork rind? Pork rind. And I remember for years I wanted to try a pork rind. Then I did. I'm good. Never again. Pork rinds are not good. I like pork rinds. They're not that like bad. I enjoy them. them. I had them once. So maybe oh. it was when I was a kid. But I, I thought they were. I didn't like them. But I, I think it's a. Uh... I think that's partially a southern thing. I think southern people like pork rinds more than northern people. And you are southern. Yeah, we're below the. I think yeah, when you when you are born below the Mason Dixon line, I think yeah, you just kind of expect it to like pork rinds. I never even like it's not. Even if you don't that... ever try them, <laughs> you never hear of them. Just, I know uh, I've seen them. Genetically predisposed to them. <laughs> I mean, I hear about them a lot because I hear about barbecue a lot, and you know, people actually like a lot of people I know own their own like barbecue. Like actual barbecue setup, and so more pig meat is available around here, I guess. So pork rinds are kind of more available. Like you can get some homemade pork rinds around here. Well, also, which when are probably better around than here. Nobody's barbecue. Nobody's barbecuing this time of the year. <laughs> Zero degrees out. No. You could barbecue around yeah. here this time of the fucking year because even though it's January, it's like seventy goddamn degrees, and my allergies are killing me, which is why my voice sounds like shit. Over here in Wisconsin, if we hit forty degrees, well, we can barbecue. Fucking 70 it's degrees right outside. Now. God damn it. And it's, it, it was 70 degrees, and now it's dropping to 40 overnight. So that'll be fun. I can't wait to fucking get... I can't, I can't wait to just die. I can't wait to just die of allergies. <laughs> I'll be the first man to die of allergies. I don't think you'll be the first. All right, but then there's... I That scene where they were fighting, as we kind of had did mention, where Raphael's getting his ass beat, and then they all fight, that is a, that is a really cool scene still. I really liked it. Yeah. I do like the line... When he's like, you guys, that's structural damage. And they jump in and they all fall down into the antique store. <laughs> I, I like that line. I've got a fun fact about the fight scenes in this movie. Because it was actually shot really well. Um, yeah, they're good scenes. All the scenes with the turtles, they are good scenes. But because the turtle suits were so heavy and cumbersome, all the scenes with the turtles talking and with the turtles fighting, they were shot in uh, 23 frames a second and sped up to 24 frames a second just to give them like a more realistic look. Because... They just like had that kind of Godzilla, like old Godzilla movie slow fight thing going on. They like sense. they had to tweak all those scenes just a little bit. Cool though, I did not so, know that. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I think it adds an unintentional effect to the movie because you'll see some of the action scenes. You're like, wow, this is going like this is really fast. And it's just like it's just because they had to speed it up because it was too slow otherwise. But there's okay. scenes where like they'll do like a backflip and it's like, holy shit, that was quick. Okay, you can't. Weird, like, I couldn't tell. Like it doesn't like there are movies where you can tell they sped things up. I think Double Dragon might have done it, but this you couldn't tell. At least I could. There's tell. some tiny things. At one point, Donatello does a front flip over like a ladder, and it's it's very clear that it's not natural. Okay, I don't remember this. <laughs> I wasn't paying complete yeah, attention. I guess it's like the last fight with Shredder <laughs> when it happens. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why <laughs> I, I don't remember it. 
Oh, but also it's when and they were, which is also kind of a like I do like the part where the the answering machine is burning and it's falling down when you get the voicemail. You're gonna be you're being fired, mm-hmm. April, and then it falls in the guy's head and knocks out a knocks out a foot soldier who's gonna die in a fire reef death. I did like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, and now, oh, that's not the part where uh, I like later when. Well, like April is doing the same kind of thing where they've got her up on a pipe and she's got this big she's got this big rod <laughs> and it like is it Michelangelo that's just yeah. like coaxing guys into walking underneath of her and she's spatting them on the head and they're falling into a giant pile of ninjas. They're all unconscious. That's that's great. It's like cartoony, but it's it's this movie it, it's cartoony, but it like it hits you with the violence, it hits you with like the darkness, and then it throws in some like weird cartoony action in there. It's like an odd mix that I just I ended up kind of loving. It's a decent movie. I, I went into this not thinking I was going to like it, and I watched it twice, and I, I did laugh, especially Casey Jones. But that's... And then when you get yeah. to the... And then they they all run away in a old, what would have been a 70s, like, peace van or something, I want to say. Yeah, the shitty old, like, Toyota van. That's... Yeah, just, and that breaks down. It's not... It's, it's just an old piece of crap van. But that's part of April's character. She's got to have the shitty old van, because that's how she knows how to work on cars and stuff. Okay. It I, makes sense. I, I don't the when they're at the at the farmhouse like we had talked about the scene where they throw him in a bathtub and there's a part where she she gets water and puts water on him because he's apparently drowning in the bathtub because turtles don't breathe through the water and then when he gets up there's no water in the tub anymore the t- the water's only in the tub when she reaches her hand and then there's no water anymore I guess he drank it all or something <laughs> I noticed I, that uh, I really appreciate the New Yorker logic of uh, when they go to the farmhouse she says something along the lines of um. My nearest neighbors are four miles away. I need to go to the phone and call my boss. And they oh, act yeah. like four miles away is like a fucking century. It's like it's for like I I have friends from a high school that I like I have friends I went to high school with that live like like an hour away from me. They're just like like that New York logic of like it's four miles away will never get there. How are we going to get that. there in our car? Hey, that's it's impossible. We we should just give up. That makes yeah. Cause that part I do like that where Casey Jones tells her you've been fired and she gets all mad at him because he doesn't know how to talk. So oh, I, I like that part. I yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed all their interaction together. Like after she's yelling at him, you know, she asks him to fix something and he starts calling her princess and babe, and then she's like, "Fuck yeah. you, I'm done." Just walks away. He's eating right the apple. Took- yeah, the, <laughs> he's eating the apple, and then the chair just breaks and he falls. He looks so confused. And I really wonder if that was supposed to happen or it just happened. They just filmed it and went along with it. I don't know. It, it looked like it was weird. set up. Yeah, yeah I, I like that part. Yeah, I think it was set up. But it was a good part. I couldn't though, tell if it was like, it was. It was, it was funny, but I was like, I, I had the question of, did that just happen to him or did April somehow make that happen to him? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> or is he just like unlucky Casey? I mean, I guess part of me, my brain was thinking, man, this girl has a lot of money and a shitty car because she owns a house out, out of the city and she owns an antique store yeah. she's losing money on. Like, but that was just you know my brain as a thirty year old thinking about this. I mean, she, I, she's got a lot of New York. Pro- it's it's the adult logic of this is a lot of property in New York. How the fuck is she? How the fuck is she paying for all this on like a? I mean, she's like not a bad reporter, but like she's not making bank. Clearly, how does she own all this property in New York? But it's like a kid. You're like, yeah, of course she has. Of course she has this antique shop because that's where she needs to hide the turtles. Like, you don't think about the logistics of it. It's just, <laughs> I know she has to have See how dingy her apartment looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that house looked pretty well, freaking she, shitty, too. She can't afford. Yeah, that's the thing is she can afford all this property, but she can't afford to maintain it. So it's all falling apart. 
It's like she won the lottery and she's just really bad at investment. There's just like somebody told her to invest in real estate and she's like, oh, I guess I'll buy this shitty antique shop and this farm that everyone definitely died on. This murder farm. <laughs> and then I feel like I, um, they do a good job like on the farm of showing all four turtles how they're reacting to, to yeah. losing Splinter, getting their ass handed yeah. to them. I mean, they, you know, Raphael's recovering. You have. Leonardo, who feels guilty for what he said, we don't need you in the high pitched voice earlier in the movie. And, you know, he's watching over. You have Donatello Jones making stupid pun jokes with letters. I don't remember Michelangelo's doing. Probably eating. I thought you said, I thought you combined their names for a second and said Donatello Jones, which is an amazing, like, (laughs) RB singer name. (laughs) Ladies, I'm Donatello Jones. That's that's my new DJ name. Oh, DJ, DJ Donatello Joe. That's awesome. When you said DJ, right. like I thought you were thinking of a guy named DJ that was from New York who used to be on this podcast. No, I was thinking of DJ from The Last <laughs> Jedi. And, oh God, I reminded myself of it again. <laughs> no, I am. Um, so one one thing we haven't is covered your, is yes. Go ahead. Is it your favorite farm sequence in a Marvel uh, universe? Oh, I. No, but I don't really like Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah, sure, because I don't like Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yes. I think it's the best Marvel. It's the best farm scene in any Marvel movie, even though this isn't a Marvel movie, but it's a Marvel movie. I disagree with that logic. But, Rich, you were going to say? We haven't really covered much of the Shredder, I think, this whole time. Um, He's not in this movie that much. uh, (laughs) Well, they haven't covered much of the Shredder at this point. (laughs) One of the, the... Well, I mean, by the farm scene, a little bit. But just for example, like his... One of the best parts of the movie to me... Is when his entrance, when they show his entrance for the first time. Yes. <laughs> and they roll out the that, carpet. Yeah, they roll out the that. carpet. He got that that tight, like silver and black tiger cape or whatever he's got on. And yeah, I mean, that was it's uh, so badass. It's a good scene. I would it, say it's on par with Raul Julia in Street Fighter. Like that level of like perfect, like this actor does not belong in this movie. <laughs> Like this is yeah well and and there's just the, the music the music we haven't really touched on that very much in this uh, either but um that scene right there is a a good reminder of how how well the music was done by uh john Deprez. yeah, yeah. very fitting music i wouldn't i'd rather not have any other music at that scene at that time that guy did a very good job with the atmospheric music of the movie it's a perfect entrance for like your big bad villain because you've seen like Shredder has like been off camera at this point. Like you'll see like a silhouette of him at some point. Like at some point he's like he when he throws the knife at his wall of TVs because he's a villain in the '90s, so he has to have a wall of TVs. But they're all just on the same channel. Like the whole point yeah. of a TV wall is that it's all different things, so you can see all these different things going on around the city at the same time. But they're all on channel four watching April and Eel. Like. I guess I don't know. Shredder's just got like some weird priorities going on here. <laughs> Bring me the TV wall. <laughs> so I like to imagine when they had like when he turned them on, he had to get one of his lackeys to like they had like a long table with 30 remotes on it and he had to run down and hit power on all the remotes really quickly. <laughs> like, this, take it to this, channel yeah. four and he's gotta run by hit four. <laughs> they took a different turn with this too, because they really don't show him in action until the very end. They they don't show how yeah. much of a bad he looks super badass. Yeah. But you can't tell him just how badass he is until that, that rooftop scene near the end. So it's it's it but it still pays off. It still works. And a lot of movies don't I don't think do that either. I yeah, did like so we mentioned that I mentioned that uh Yeah, he he's great. Just everything about like the costume is on point. He looks exactly how he should look. 
It's got like that chain mail thing going on. Yeah, <laughs> My, and... I like how of the I mentioned there were two murders in this film. Uh, Shredder is not the other person that commits murder. It's his like underling. Sure, like his underling like kills a guy because he's upset about Shredder. Shredder doesn't oh, kill anybody. Ew. He died, didn't Tatsu. he? Yeah, yeah. Tatsu like punches the foot soldier in the like in the chest and kills him. Uh, well, no, that kid is actually because there's a little uh, there's a little bit of dialogue afterwards where they they're by him and they're like, oh, he's still breathing. And they put that in there on purpose. And the original the, the original way they were gonna do it is, yeah, he was gonna kill him. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that, yeah, as that was something that was dubbed after Steve Barron left. So I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> that kid fucking died. <laughs> that, kid, <laughs> that kid is dead. He was definitely supposed to. So. This is a really dark yeah. movie. That's. As far as all the actors were concerned, this was the scene where that kid died. <laughs> so, in my mind, you know, he got fucked. That would have been a great, yeah. That would have been a great turning point for Danny too, if he would have seen that and then, oh, like, yeah. holy shit, he died. I don't want that. He to be wasn't me. there I'm, for it. Wasn't he he was there, but like, it wasn't his turning point. It was just like, oh, like it was that part for Danny was a kid gets killed for all intents and purposes. A kid gets killed. Like, yeah. Afterwards, they go like, oh, it's okay. He's still breathing. Like, that's the level of the dub that they they. Put the fucking effort into, but yeah, it was pretty dies. Dumb, it was <laughs> breathing. Yeah, and then Danny's watching it, and that's not the point where he starts to question the fucking Foot Clan. He's like, mm, "That's a little odd." Like, <laughs> yeah, he has to wait till he. Sees, to be fair, he sees a giant rat hanging on a wall, and that would make me question a lot. Maybe I shouldn't be too hard on Danny, but yeah, if I was to some guy. And he was like, oh, I'm your new father. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess I'm into this weird relationship we have since you're like my boss and you're trying to be this like mentor figure. But then once I see you kill a guy, I'm going to be like, yeah, maybe I'm out. I don't know. Danny's, back home. Danny's, Danny's a ginger. He doesn't really have a soul. So not until the end. <laughs> he, he's like a dyed ginger. It doesn't look like he's a natural ginger. It looks like they dyed his hair red. Really? You think so? What about his eyebrows? Aren't they red too? You can dye eyebrows. It was the 90s. People were dyeing everything. It's probably why it looked like know, see, uh, Danny was scene. played by Michael Turney, who does not have a Wikipedia page, so that's not a good sign. Because <laughs> he didn't do probably a lot. <laughs> he also has no picture on IMDb, so that's a thing. But this is his only movie? Uh, he was in... Oh, he directed a couple movies. Interesting. He was in two other movies. He was in The Cost of Living, and he was in Spike of uh, Bessenhurst as Bar Mitzvah Boy. Wow. So... But uh, yeah, Danny, uh, there. yeah, yeah. This was this was his biggest movie. That's not even a joke. This is this is his biggest movie. And he and he directed a couple else. shorts. He directed Normal, which is like a weird movie. Um, and he's directing a movie called I Know Where You Live, coming out in 2020, which might be a horror movie. That might be interesting. I like the title. I like the poster. It's interesting looking. Hmm. How did we end up here? Hmm. Uh, we're talking about we're talking about Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> sure we are. <laughs> okay. I'll check out Michael Turney. I'll 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 watch Michael Turney later report back and let let you know if his uh, if he's like a hack or not. <laughs> okay, so when the scene I kind of joked about earlier, right before they leave the farm to go back to New York, because you know it's very far away, and there's that scene where they yeah, all go it's... out by the campfire and they see the ghost of Splinter, or he talking to them telepathically, and all I can think of, he's a Jedi. That's all that pops in my head, is Jedi Splinter. I mean, yeah, it, it is, like, it is blatantly a Star Wars, like, it might not be, they, they might not have been trying to reference it, but they just copied Star Wars straight up. <laughs> like, first he communicated to Leonardo through the Force, 
like straight up Obi-Wan style. <laughs> it's like Leo. <laughs> Leo's like in the woods, it's that scene of like the camera zoom in, like Splinter, Master. Goes he gets all the other Ninja Turtles and they have like a fucking like vision quest next to this fire and summon the mind astral projection of Splinter. And he's not it, it's dead. Which is weird. No, he's not dead. He's just not there. Just, <laughs> he's just chained it's, up. It's an ash few miles away. But one thing and, you can't uh, deny is the emotion of that entire scene. Yeah. Oh, it's so emotional. But like, why didn't he do that right when he got captured or any what, time well, before I then? Think, I what well, was Leonardo? Did they show Leonardo before that meditating as well? Because I don't think uh, they did, did they? Uh, it's like they both no, had to be doing so, it at the same time. Maybe, yeah. At least that's what yeah, I cause he because he did have to like meditate and like he did have to like group meditate with everybody and get them into the same kind of uh same kind of jam too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's to do yeah. the whole astral projection, but before that is when he heard the the voice uh, through the forest or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took a second. I was like, wait a second. That's he a... said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like how the first time I watched this, I thought that was really weird, and then the the next two times I watched the movie, I was like. Yeah, I just accept this. This is just a thing that happens. Like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. This is a weird movie. It makes sense that he is doing this weird astral projection thing and like having a full conversation with them. It is a really emotional scene <laughs> for some reason. That whole I did enjoy a lot of that. Like even when they come back and then you have Danny who's been hiding in their hideout. And this has one of my favorite jokes that I did not get. Until the second time I watched this movie, he he's like, I still got a pizza around here somewhere. Like pizza, and he grabs it. He's like, Do you like penicillin? And it didn't click until this time. I was like, Ah, it's got mold on it. That's why it's penicillin. It didn't click. I did not get that joke until earlier today when I was watching it. I thought you were going to bring up the Donatello part where he's talking to Casey. He's like, He's claustrophobic, (laughs) and he's. I would have, but that joke goes somewhere else, so I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> but I guess it's, well, yeah, the 90s, the 90s, so it's not. A, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's it's a product of the time for sure. Yeah, which is I really realized <laughs> sometimes, like they, like they they throw in. We'll just kind of you know, we'll just say they throw in a gay joke, and it just. I mean, they don't say it, but that's pretty much what they're going for, because he doesn't understand what claustrophobic mm. means. And again, it's 1990, so it's what a, you know. Because I remember going to school, and that being the thing was the was the insult all the time. Was that was the insult? Where now, that's not the case, you know. And that so it well, does kind of really. There's a couple of gay jokes. <laughs> that's the one I, I caught. Uh, well, yeah, at the end when uh, Casey's fighting um, Tatsu, he's like calls him like Tinkerbell. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah. It, there's yeah. there's a couple of gay jokes, but I I will say like for the 90s pretty good like yeah it's pretty tame in terms of like you know yeah considering like what else we had in the 90s pretty good like pretty you know certainly not progressive but it's it's not like i've yeah, almost every like early 90s late 80s movie especially horror movies horror movies love it yeah throw in the f word for some reason like that was just a huge thing. People ever apparently at the beginning of the eighties, everyone started saying that, and they didn't stop saying it until like like nineteen ninety five. And then people were like, "Ah, eh, maybe we should cool it on this word for a while." <laughs> like, and there's also surprise that was another joke that is very nineteen nineties, where they make a joke about I can't find it on here about the the show Moonlighting because uh, Casey uh, Jones yeah. and April are fighting. That and was bad. I would I not I know, know what that, that was. I only I know, know no now because I. Meant. 
No, because I followed. I've watched. I've watched different things about Bruce Willis that talk about that show Moonlighting, where he was on before he did Die Hard, and it's like it's a joke that would have went right over my head multiple times until the second viewing. I'm like, ah, I get that joke. But yeah, there's a joke That's in there that it was like it could have only been for like grandfathers, where uh, Michelangelo does an impression of Cagney from Cagney and Lacey. I didn't get that which either. Was like, it's a show from like 1981. Okay, that's why it's, I didn't get it. I don't like. It seems odd to reference a show nine years after the fact. Yeah, because that's when uh, it's like the very beginning. Because then um, April makes the joke of like, oh, that must be like one of Splinter's favorites, and none of them get it because none of them realize it's an old show. Because obviously they wouldn't realize it's an old show because they've been living in the sewers. So they're just they're just picking up whatever like VHSs that roll down there. Okay. This, this movie's had, a genius. They might have had, had betas. <laughs> That's true. They might have had betas. Oh, yeah. I still never knew beta existed it's, until way later in a weird yeah, anime. Had, there's a lot I, of like, stuff like that there, in this movie, though. Why are those VHS tapes so small? That's my first interaction with a beta machine and in their tapes. My what first was the, one is what was the big disc? What was, uh, what was that big disc called? There was like a disc that was like the size of an album. I can't laser disc. I I know what you're talking about, but I that laser sure disc. Laser disc. Was that yeah. laser disc? Yeah, it's laser disc. Is it laser disc? Okay, yeah, that was like late seventies, right? Um, no, <laughs> I don't think. So. I think I'm asking you. 1978. You were there? Right. Like, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Mike is like. Remember right. Mike... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike is like a few years older than me. It's not that much older than me, but I like to pretend Mike is like seventy. <laughs> <laughs> 1978 God. is when laser disc came out. But I remember Laserdisc because my friend Peter, who was on the show was... before, had Laserdisc of Star Wars. But that's what weird. was um what was uh, uh what was Vietnam like, Mike? It... <laughs> as bad as the movies make it out to be. I'm pretty sure. I met people who were <laughs> well, in Vietnam. Some of your musical choices would match that time frame, though. So. <laughs> well, actually, now <laughs> I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift, and I listen to a lot of Halsey right, now. Let's really. Um, I listen to a down. lot of. <laughs> I can keep going. I, I mean, I they're all you probably. You know what? I wouldn't be opposed to you editing that out. <laughs> well, um... it's in here. I, I know. Like, a, I actually I feel like. Uh... I know a lot of Taylor Swift by heart and Halsey now too. You probably I know Halsey. Like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what Halsey. Is. No, I have no idea what that is. Halsey's um Halsey is. I I think Halsey's a better singer performer than Taylor Swift. Halsey is not. I, I would give Halsey a pass. Taylor Swift is like a little bit too much. Yeah, there's that too. She's got that pink hair. Whoa, how about none? How is... Halsey is like uh she's she's kind of like the new would you say Halsey is like the current pink? Or like I just for some reason like I've gotten like... into her music lately. I don't know why. But then again, yeah, I'm current like my my music taste is really changed. Like what he's referencing, which I'm gonna talk about real quick before we Continue, continue this movie. Uh, I was really into 70s music and 60s music when I was growing up because of my dad, and I hated everything else like an idiot. And it wasn't until I get older, I go, you know, I was kind of like stubborn about this, and now I listen to a lot. I still can't get into rap, really, but I have listened to a lot more music and really branched out instead of being a, a being stubborn and closing myself off to the world. Well, you gotta, uh, if you never listen to rap, you gotta, you gotta ease yourself into rap. You can't just start off listening to fucking Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> I listened to a lot of yeah, rap like... before, not by choice, but somebody on this podcast <laughs> listened, had played a lot for me when I was younger. No idea what you're talking about there. 
<laughs> but yeah, I never, I never. I like to, uh, but a lot of it with my dad. Like, I really hope that like your like first introduction to rap for Mike was like like straight into like protect your neck or something Tupac. or like like hardcore <laughs> Tupac. hardcore game hundred percent probably Tupac, right? I'm probably right. anything that I was it really it was. That's how you well, dipped your toe in rap. You listen to. Brenda's got a baby. However, it goes certain certain tracks, maybe not not the more aggressive stuff. Let's say. <laughs> okay, I didn't like any of it. Maybe but, me against the okay. world, something a little more uplifting. You know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So at this movie, as they come back and then, then they ambush, and we were kind of talking about earlier, they ambush the foot soldiers in the sewers. They fight them. Which yeah. is a cool scene. You have April where she's popping people in the in the head, and you have Casey Jones who then sneaks into the hideout of the teenagers, and somehow they don't notice this thirty year old, you know, with a bunch of sixteen year olds <laughs> and twelve year olds smoking. But hey, I mean, all that Pepsi they're drinking, they you know blinds you. I guess Pepsi causes blindness. How diabetes? How old <laughs> is Casey Jones supposed to be in this movie? Forty? Is he supposed his, to be like forty? What? I'd say in his twenties. I mean, in his forties. All right, yeah. As long as you're playing around, <laughs> no, I, I think he's supposed that. to be like the char- the the actor looks like he's like twenty five or older. But in in the comics, I think he's supposed yeah. to be like kind of around their age, maybe like high school age. Not not this but guy. Then he's but dating the April. Well, he yeah. was in April. He was. Like, an adult. He's born in 1961, so he would have been 29 at the age of this when he's filming this movie. And he looks like it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. still, it's so they should have noticed. There's something wrong here. Like he's dating, like he's April's love interest, and she's like, she's got to be like 30, like around 30. Yeah, well, I can tell you. And I feel like Casey was. Jones. Is well, that doesn't matter for movies. Like fucking, she could be thirty and playing a high schooler. Movies. Hey, they're born the same year. Hollywood. They were the same age. Were they really? Are close to it. Hmm. Mike can't do math. I'm not sure. I'm gonna guess April was meant to be around thirty, but it feels like Casey Jones is meant to be like, like no. maybe nineteen or twenty. He's seven years older, so she's supposed to be. She, the actress, was in her early twenties as of as of this, where he's twenty nine. And she looked older. He though. was seven years older. Yeah. 1951, Damn. 1958, Elias. seven years, take a year, um, seven years. Damn, Elias Cody is fucking ages great. Holy shit, I just looked at a picture of him. He's 58, he looks fucking amazing. Yeah, he looks good for his age. <laughs> yeah, he looks really good for his age. Holy shit. He definitely doesn't have that long hair anymore, but, you know. No. I wish he did. I wish he still, he still walked around with the hockey mask and a bag full of uh, of sports equipment. That'd be funny. I mean, they do have that line in this movie where they where he talks about he was a professional hockey player for like a season. They bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I did like that kind of fit the character that, you know, these are all characters that are kind of down and out in a way. All right. It's um, it's it's a perfectly crafted movie. Everything. Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense from the Somehow. it's not even that it makes sense from like the perspective of a child. Everything makes sense to any viewer you can suspend your disbelief and just get like the fact that the pizza is still there when they go back to the sewer it's the same pizza that they ordered at the beginning of the movie like everything oh, has a purpose the everything is ordered like he said he said i ordered pizza no no the one in their hideout yeah because he said he had pizza and you might have pizza lying around that's when they look for it and they find the pizza and it has penicillin on it Oh yeah, yeah, but well, like, he, they, he, they said they don't up. like it. Mike, every- Mike, they don't, they don't, they don't have penicillin on the pizza. You, that was kind of like a yeah, I know, like a mold joke. joke. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> they didn't order it with penicillin. 
<laughs> like, they ordered it with like they uh, put it on to try to save the save the piece. Let's put some penicillin on it. Hey, but you know it. what? Yeah. If they're turtles, they shouldn't you have a balance problem out with mold. the anchovy somehow. They're turtles. I think well, turtles probably wouldn't eat mold. I don't think that's how turtles work, Mike. I don't think turtles are immune to it. Like they can eat as much penicillin as they want, and they'll never get sick because of it. Like I'm pretty sure they still that's, die. That's, that's not how turtles don't. operate. Yeah, turtles are like nature's filter. Ah! You put anything in them. Turtles do not eat mold, or do not leave food in turtles' tanker cage where it can mold or rot. There you go. So they can't the eat mold. Place. They can, Science. but what? That could be dead. You said that. You started that as if you got us. <laughs> You were like, aha! I didn't mean to. <laughs> Told ya. I guess you caught. It was like as if you caught us in some weird lie. I caught my, myself and as changed it. See, I don't know. As you see here, turtles cannot eat mold, which is why they can eat penicillin. Point, Mike. <laughs> I don't understand where I was going. All right, so somewhere. and after they fight, they end up they end up fighting on the roof somehow as they're fighting. And yes. April's still in the sewers for some reason. And that's when they finally introduce Shredder to the Turtles for the first time. And then they make can opener jokes and call something about coleslaw for some reason. Well, before that, uh, Casey Jones jumps in the oh, back of a... I forgot about this. He jumps in the back of a, a garbage truck and straight up murders three foot soldiers into oblivion. <laughs> like, Did he... like, And we didn't they're mention... They're climbing up a ladder. <laughs> okay, I was wondering about that also. Oh, yeah, it's like, like they where get the truck out is? too. Like, that happens to how long how long would it take to get to the truck get in the truck start the truck pull the truck forward back up the truck and they were already climbing the ladder when he runs towards the truck yet they're still climbing on the same point in the ladder when he gets does all this and pulls the truck over that's a good couple minutes i've driven big trucks i know i'm i'm using movie logic i'm throwing out the window just because but i don't know i thought that was kind of funny to me yeah an old truck like that it would take like 10 minutes right like it's just <laughs> yeah he just drives so much going on Oh, but we My, forgot yeah, the mention. He backs it into the ladder. But like, it's it, this is like a really weird part of the movie. And I don't know. I don't know if this was like a cut where they like didn't want to show these guys getting like like falling to their deaths or something. But the way they cut it is the turtles climb up the ladder, like remaining <laughs> the leftovers, as Casey calls them, mm, leftovers. They start climbing up the ladder. Casey sees them, jumps in a garbage truck, and backs into the ladder. And it cuts to him getting out of the truck and you hear you hear them screaming off screen and they scream as if they fell <laughs> off a cliff. Like it just goes on for way too long. They, they fall 20 feet and it's like, ah, well, he's got ran over. by. Where did they go? <laughs> it's like they <laughs> fell into the fucking like Langoliers alternate world. Like they're just gone. I, I choose to believe run that over by murdered them out of the. <laughs> he he murdered them out of existence, like completely. <laughs> and there is this scene that we I had forgot about where Casey Jones when they're rescuing Splinter and he's getting his ass beat by Tatsu, and then he finds a golf club in the garbage and hits him and goes four and hits him. And I I still laugh at that scene, even though I'm a 30, 32 year old adult. I still laugh at that. Still funny. It's a it's one of the things I find funny about Casey Jones, where it's like, yeah, he's a hero, but. Murderer like, without the he's a murderer. He's a murdering <laughs> hero, but without like the specific use of a sports based equipment, he is completely useless. Like he's getting his <laughs> ass kicked until like in a normal movie, 
in any other movie, it would be like, oh, he knocked over this like box and like a pipe fell over. And now he's got this lead pipe that he can hit the bad guy with. But it's Casey Jones. So he gets pushed into a box of these like really nice golf clubs that I guess the Foot Clan was stealing from people in lower Manhattan. Yeah, like, thank God, thank God the one dude in like Queens that they robbed had a nice pair of golf gloves that they took. (laughs) Otherwise, he'd be dead. Movie over. I I wish there was a scene where like, the only thing I wish they had changed about that scene was like, he got pushed over. This is how that scene should have gone. He's fighting Tatsu. Tatsu is like kicking his ass. Tatsu like whacks him into a foot soldier and a box and they both splay over and Casey Jones looks up and on his right is the golf club and on his left is a samurai sword and he has to choose between them and he chooses the golf club. That's how that scene should have gone. <laughs> that would have been that would have been better. <laughs> it's my like my only problem with the whole movie. <laughs> Simple <Okay>. tweak. <laughs> <laughs> and then as, as back to where I was before I forgot things. So when they see Shredder on the roof, like that is also a cool scene. Like first they each try to fight him and they each fail miserably. And he has a fucking spear, but he's just hitting them with the butt of the spear and kicking them. I felt odd, but you know, yeah, he couldn't be killing the so turtles. This is I the guess point so. in the movie where Raphael has learned his lesson and is fighting with his brothers. And then Shredder comes out and they all attack him individually. Like they take turns. The yep. whole point of Raphael's story is that he's learning to fight with his brothers and trust them. What? Why are they attacking him one at a time? They're and using they all video attack. game logic. <laughs> it's like it's it's not Assassin's Creed. Just all like go at him all at once. Just kick his and ass. And Leonardo, Leonardo, the the calm one who yeah is the main one kind of cool giving Raphael yeah giving Raphael shit <laughs> for his attitude problems ends up losing his cool and um, damn near dies. Does he? <laughs> yeah, all because. All because he's like, ah, your master Splinter is dead. And it's like, no, he's not. They just talked to him. They know he's alive. But he just freaks they, out. No, they haven't. Well, they had the force. There was time in between. So he could have, uh, they could have killed him beforehand. That's true. But like, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, I assumed that like, if master, master Splinters dies, it will still do the Star Wars thing where like they all look into the middle distance and are like, oh, there's been a disturbance in the martial arts. Something has happened. Yeah. The martial I arts assume that like, <laughs> yeah, and the, well, you can't be the force because it's not Star Wars. It's just very much Star Wars. Yeah, that <laughs> rise. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bonkers. It's madness. But then, <laughs> then, so this fight is going on. What like? What'd you say? Like four stories up? Like it's it's a good sized building, and yeah. everybody street level can hear everything. Like <laughs> they're just screaming. Like Sh- Shredder is not yelling at them. He is very calmly like mocking them. He's very calmly like trying to rile them up, and he's like, ah, "Your ma- your master's like trying to communicate to you. Uh, you could you could have saved him. You could have." <laughs> Very calmly <laughs> and like on the ground, Casey Jones is like, oh, I, I have to go save uh, Splinter. He's he's clearly talking about Splinter four stories up in Brooklyn. It's something easily heard. And that's when he turns to Splinter and says and then Splinter's gone because he, you know, the beat up rat who's been chained up and probably not fed or given water for days somehow runs up the ladder. Yeah, to go what fight. the fuck, Splinter? Like, <laughs> what the fuck, Splinter? Like, what a dick move. Like, Splinter could have gotten out at any time. What the fuck? Was this like a whole, like, lesson thing? Like, he was only doing this so that Raphael would learn something? <laughs> and then when they're what fighting, the fuck, and then 
And then I want to say um, it's Splinter who comes up top of the roof, and he's the one that ends up beating Shredder because they can't do it. Wow. And he uses the nunchucks to defeat Shredder. He he beats Shredder in the same way that Shredder was about to beat the Turtles. Where he, he like, there? like he said, well, he says some like inane, like kind of mocking thing. And Shredder, who has been nothing to cool, nothing but cool for the entire movie, suddenly loses it and charges Shredder for no reason. He's just like, fuck you, rat. It's just like full speed goes at him. And another thing that was set up perfectly because Shredder pulls out the nunchucks, which he only got because all the other turtles had to throw them off the side of the roof. But you see the nunchucks get caught on the ladder, which I guess means that Shredder very quickly climbed up the ladder without anyone noticing the nunchucks. But it's that great shot. It's that great movie shot of you see all the weapons go off and the nunchucks get caught. And you're like, that's going to be a thing. I, I'm I'm going to wait for that to become a thing. And it's like, oh, he's on the roof. What does he have? Oh, he's got the nunchucks. And yeah, yeah, he does the fucking the like full full on like ridiculous cartoon flip that I love. He beats them just by standing there, and then they he just throws them over the edge, and then he's about he's talking to say he'll die with no, and then he <laughs> throws a knife at him, and he, so then he lets go that he lets go, and then he falls into the garbage truck that they so carefully placed, and then Casey Jones like, oops, I'm gonna commit murder, hits the button, and just squishes him. Yeah, well, he, does, what he doesn't the fuck, die. Casey? Well, I know, but still, yeah. he only doesn't die. No, like if they but, made a sequel, he was probably dead before this. Yeah, if this probably. movie wouldn't have right, done good. But he was dead. Same thing with the, the first comic, though. Movie, he was supposed to die in there, but they they brought his ass back. It's like it in the terms of the movie, they kill him. Like they don't know that a sequel's happening. This is their scene. Like we can assume that Shredder is dead. If we're only like if we're only looking at this movie and ignoring the sequels. Shredder has fucking died. And it's like, he hasn't even killed anybody. He's a pickpocket. He's a guy who, like, organizes pickpockets. He's he's like, yeah, sure, he's, like, threatened some people's life. But it's New York. Everybody's threatening each other's life. That's New York. It's New York in the 90s. The guys who mugged April at the beginning of the movie are worse than Shredder. Like, they deserve to die more than Shredder does. <laughs> it's so weird. Casey kills him so casually. <laughs> it's any other movie, and like that would be any other movie. And what Casey did to Shredder would be the reason that the turtles are trying to kill Shredder. Like, well, Shredder is a murderer. <laughs> it is not in the present time. He did kill yeah, Mato Yoshi, but you never heard... and his woman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's like the whole story of yeah, they he killed him, but then like, but they, there's the story of other that. Than that. They don't show it, but. And and also like Splinter kind of has like some ambiguity like there's ambiguity about that too or like Shredder Splinter's like at least uh, he says something at the end of that where he's like like that's the story or something or like but he says it in a way of like well that's the story it's like what wait what like it's some weird like mundane line that just makes you not trust Splinter slightly it's like what does that mean. But is is Yoshi still alive is this a setup to bring Yoshi back or is Splinter fucking with people here what's going on this did did shredder steal splinter's wallet like 10 years ago and he's just out for revenge just way <laughs> over the top bloody murder for this guy who took his visa and then you and then after they murder shredder you had the scene where the police chief shows up and he's talking to the kids and you have sam yeah. neil the head thug that's what his character is named for this movie. Sam Neil. Or not Sam <laughs> Neil. Sam. God, not not Alan Grant. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I also. <laughs> I did this earlier too. I was like, "Don't Sam. say Sam Neil. Don't I, say Sam Neil." Two hours later, so I Sam Neil. Sam Neil. So <laughs> badly. 
Like, I like all Neal. of these teenagers. All of, I love Sam Neill, but it would be so fucking funny if it was all these, like, punk teenagers and then, like, four year old Sam Neill <laughs> in the middle of all of us like in the same in his same Jurassic Park outfit like the flannel and the jeans oh I have a funny story about this real fast before we finish up this movie there's two things I I went to went to a convention where I dressed up as Alan Grant and I had the hat and everything and I went to Cub to get some mm-hmm. food because I was hungry and the woman looks at me and goes nice hat and I want to be like you don't understand you don't recognize like yeah, and I, I feel like she didn't get. It. I was actually cosplaying. I remember I took off my hat and said, "Okay, I'm done." So I just, <laughs> but yeah, she thought you were cosplaying, but she thought you were cosplaying as Pharrell. So. I don't think she thought I was cosplaying. I think she thought I was just dressed like an idiot. <laughs> I was in Minneapolis at the time, so and or she really liked area. the hat, and she was like, like she's been yeah, looking for somebody. That, like, this was not the, the this was not the Lila cool. This was the mocking type you know, hat thing. So oh, you could yeah, nice hat. Yeah, but okay. So <laughs> two things I want to mention about this movie. Maybe one. This might be a tragic story here, Mike. This could be a tragic woman. She's been out there looking for like you know that partner that wears goofy hats because she loves goofy hats. But she has a problem. Sometimes she sounds sarcastic when she says things, and so she oh, can't I'm... find love because whenever she compliments somebody on their goofy hat, she pushes them away. I should go find it's, the picture. It's a really sad story, Mike. It's... Okay. Um, one thing we forgot to mention up like, a big part in this movie is throughout the movie, they talk about how there was a crime wave in Japan that was very similar to the crime wave that's happening in New York with the kids stealing everything and the foot and all that. So yeah. that, that, I mean, that plays Again, a big part. A crime wave of theft, not murder of theft. And all the murder comes after and the turtles and Casey Jones show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The murder. Murder, it's really like an anti-vigilante movie. The murder doesn't happen until the heroes get involved. <laughs> and then at the, <laughs> the end of this movie, left. after Shredder's killed, you have a couple scenes where Casey Jones and April finally kiss, and, and she's like, shut up and kiss me already, or something like that. I don't have the exact line in front of me. I close that window, yeah. that tab. They, but I, it made me smile. Even yeah, a weirdly long time. Yeah. There's one thing that we kind of skipped, though, in that, that ending scene, though, when the when the... Police chief is talking to the kids, and uh, yes. and, uh, and they bring up where they can find um, all the stuff that Shredder yeah. stole and all that uh, all over on Lairdman Island, which is the creator's um, combined name or whatnot. It's but... a... I didn't get that. Yeah, it's the East it's Warehouse, just, no. the East Warehouse on Lairdman Island. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. Now, <laughs> what what kills me about that though is that he easily told the cops where Shredder could be found. So. Why the hell didn't yeah. this happen sooner? Like, obviously, there's going to be kids that deviate from hanging out there and feel like Danny did and want to go back to their parents. So they go back to their parents, and their parents are like, well, "Where the fuck were you, little Timmy?" And they're, he's like, "Well, I was beating off with the shredder and smoking <laughs> cigarettes." Uh, you know, off I, with I, the shredder <laughs> over at this this certain <laughs> warehouse place, and then parents tell the cops, the cops around shredder and end of movie you know so it's like kind of like a flat hole there it kind of bothered me yeah when I heard like that again maybe like that's just that that's an easy fix too where it's just at the beginning of the movie you say like there's like a uh brutal crime wave going around like burglaries pickpockets and also a bunch of kids are getting murdered for some reason <laughs> they just set it up <laughs> like, so like yeah all the kids that try to like leave get killed <laughs> well that's that's the issue too it's right so if, if these kids are out out in the city stealing stuff they could deviate and go back home somehow so i don't know they just didn't, yeah. they didn't tie that up too well i don't think i think the assumption is that uh like because everyone because shredder is like such an intimidating force that everybody that has ever met him because you personally meet shredder that's how you get inducted into the foot clan 
It's like everybody that's ever personally even seen him is too afraid to rat him out. I think it's the implication. But yeah, there's going to be some kids that like you just have to expect are going to be like, oh, I'm going to go tell the fucking cops about this. <laughs> or they, they, they like get picked up or they're like, well, I'll just rat. Like, I'll just I'll just snitch and, right. you know, get reduced sentence or something. I guess that's what we're going to have to go with, because this is one of those movies where you, you got four giant ass turtles that can speak fluid Eng- English. And, you know, that's the least of our worries <laughs> at, at this time. Watching a movie like that, right? I like uh, I like when the like the police chief goes up to Sam Rockwell and Sam Rockwell tells them where uh, where to find like all the evidence. And then the police chief is just like, OK, and turns around and then they all just leave. Like, yeah, I thought that was weird. None, too. Of them, none of them get arrested. He's just like, OK. It's get out of here. <laughs> See, this in Milwaukee, they all have been arrested. I feel like <laughs> would um, <laughs> would Casey Probably, Jones's yeah. speech, uh, would his like heartfelt speech, like appealing to you as a criminal, would that have gotten through to you? Do you think? No, they would have beat his ass. Uh, no, yeah, they would have went yeah. at him. I'm sure. This man is like Shredder. He's our family. This is our family. Casey Jones's speech. I shit you not. Is family. This is your family. This up here is your family pointing at the guy he just almost killed. This down here is your family in speech. That's it. That's all he says. That's all it takes to turn all these kids at the same time against Shredder. That's all it takes. They question everything they've ever known about themselves with this fucking like bullshit <laughs> speech. And maybe it's because they saw it's him like, play hockey. And they had a lot of respect for him. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe. I uh, you know, I, I have a theory about this. Because be Danny, Danny didn't joke. start questioning the Foot Clan. Like he, Danny saw a kid get fucking murdered, but that isn't what made hey, him question the Foot Clan. He was still Clan. breathing. Made, still breathing. He was, <laughs> he was dead. That kid was fucking dead. All right. Oh, we gotta get like to the that voice kid. Up. Didn't even do anything. Yeah, still breathing. Like, like I understand why they had to overdub that because that kid didn't even do anything wrong. Like the dude just killed him out of anger, like out of frustration. It's like punching a wall. He just killed this like. 16 year old kid out of frustration it's so yeah, it's so violent shredder said i suck but <laughs> danny triggered. danny didn't start questioning the foot clan until he saw splinter hung up on the fence casey <sighs> jones had nothing to do with the kids questioning the foot clan they walked in that room and they saw a human-sized rat strung up on that fucking chain link fence and they were like they they had a lot to answer about their entire lives like that's all it takes you see a human-sized rat you will question everything. <laughs> I either that or like Splinter is mind controlling everybody. Like that's the only other explanation. Like I like the first one. Like, what the, when, <laughs> so, like they see the giant rat, they're just like yes. Oh. Like like imagine imagine like that's why they somebody walking. They were too stunned. <laughs> yeah, like a happily married man for like sixty years walks into a room and sees that human sized rat, and he's just like, maybe I don't love my wife. I don't know. <laughs> just immediately gives up on everything. I think I think if an old ass man walked in a room with a a rat on a cage like he's being crucified would walk in and walk right the fuck out just like uh, Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you see they need to just like they need to take Splinter. Like Splinter needs to be he needs to work at like the NSA or something or like the FBI. Like they bring in like the highest level criminals in the world. They just like sit them down in a room and they just show them a picture of this fucking rat. They're just like, yeah, you know what? I did it. I, that, it was, the plot was mine. It was all me. I tried to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I run. I run the Italian mob. You got me. It's me. I can't. All right. I mean, you got this picture of a rat. What am I going to do? Any any last minute things before we go to show for Bach? Uh, uh, just how like 
uncomfortably long that kiss was, and the turtles are cheering them on the whole time. And oh, it's, thank it's, you. You reminded me. Odd. And that's when they all have different things, and Raphael goes, bitchin'. I'm like, huh. He did say that, right? Oh, yeah. Don't yeah, he says, bitchin'. How the fuck did we... We almost missed that. Holy shit. And then that's when <laughs> they all say something different, and that's when Splinter's like, I like Kawabunga. And they're like, Kawabunga! Over to you. I like Kawabunga. That... There's such a weird, like, I don't want to say that, you know, like, they handled Asian culture sensitively in this movie. But, again, in terms of 90s movies, it was pretty tame. Like, it, this was not, like, this was far from 16 Candles level racist characters. Up until that end, that last shredder, that last shred line, the last splinter line is so, like, over the top and the weird accent. It's just strange to me. Where he's like... I like Kawabunga. And then they dub in the line, I made funny. It's like, what? <laughs> you were doing so good. <laughs> why, why did you dub in, I made funny? <laughs> it's funny. I made funny. It's just, yeah, it feels it's so weird. It's completely out of place. <laughs> That's, and then the movie ends in the best way that every 90s movie could end a rap about the movie. Why oh, did yeah. that stop? I have something Why special planned still for that thing. at the end of this episode, by that the need... way. Oh, do you really? Uh, yes. That needs to be oh, a thing man. for every movie. And I I don't mean like every like fun movie, every like superhero movie, every movie. I want the end of Schindler's List to be Liam Neeson rapping about the Holocaust. I want every movie to end with a rap about the plot of the movie. That's the only way. Let's, I think they tried to make it that a rule. The... With the reboots, I think they ended up trying that, but it just didn't. It wasn't as good as this. Well, I mean, when you sit through a shit movie, you're not going to sit through like an hour and a half of of bad CGI in the hopes that like the rap is going to be okay and save it. No, <laughs> the rap is not there to be the best part of the movie. It's just there to like tie a ribbon on everything. It's no, it's the icing on the cake. It's it's not even the icing on the cake. It's like the cherry on the cake. It's fucking. You need the rap. The rap needs to be there. Fucking holes. Right, we're gonna go on to holes is great. Box. Wild Wild West ended with an amazing rap, which actually was better than the movie, and kind of did redeem much. the movie a little bit. Nothing yeah, redeemed that movie. The movie's terrible. Oh, the rap was great. Wow, wow, <laughs> it was sung by Will Smith. Will Smith rapped it. Yeah. Wow, wow, West. Will Smith made some bad decisions in the '90s <laughs> and early 2000s. What if like well, like doing that movie like every Matrix. Yeah. Okay, like, how great would it be if, like, It Follows ended and, like, it faded to black and then they all start rapping about the plot of It Follows? That'd be fucking hilarious. That would take it's away just, the whole point of It, it Follows, I feel. Nah, it's, it, <laughs> it would, but, like, it. like, you know what it should be? It should be instead of when you go see a movie in theaters, you know, like, you know whether or not there's a uh, post uh, credit scene or not because the lights will come on or they'll stay off. Oh, you, that's like, that's no, how because. If the movie said made by Marvel at the beginning of the movie or not, that's how you know. That's true. Other yeah, movies so... do it too, though, and they'll they'll leave the lights down. Like, yeah, that should be that should be the thing. Instead of turning the lights on, so you know there's no post credit scene, they should just start playing the rap. Like that's your signal to leave the theater. If the if somebody starts rapping, it's time to get up and walk out because there's not going to be go any more ninja, movie. Go ninja, go go ninja, like that. Can't see me, but I'm bobbing my head. Yes, <laughs> you can't see what I was doing. Like, either. Uh... so. <laughs> all right, I think we've said a... <laughs> what longer than this movie did. I'll, I'll make a petition. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, all right, shelf or box. Uh, Stu, why don't you go first? 
Oh, easy box. Uh, absolutely. Or not box. Easy shelf. <laughs> what? Sorry. I was like, <laughs> you easy just put out how great Sorry. this movie is. Like, fuck this movie. I I apologize to everybody. I'm thinking about the rap from Wild Wild West. I am so sorry. <laughs> you know, it's just an average excuse for me. I'm just thinking about Wild Wild West now. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely shelf this movie. It is it is beautifully crafted. You know, it's it's of its time. It's got some of those like nineties quirks that, you know, could be could be gotten rid of and we've uh we've kind of moved past them a lot, thankfully. But you know, it's just it's set up so well. Everything that happens has a payoff. Everything has a reason. It's got that perfect like child movie logic where like, oh, of course, this would be a thing because that's how a child sees the world. Like, of course, that makes perfect sense. It's not the emoji movie. Just like (laughs) we got Patrick Stewart to play a poop. Like all the jokes are good. All the jokes are like pretty funny and they're all set up really well. And they all have good payoffs and they all are timed well. It's goofy. It's fun. There's action. There's drama got everything it's 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 a perfect movie absolutely going on my shelf okay how about you red now if you'd allow me to sing you the entirety of wild wild west i will not (laughs) um well for me i think it might be a little obvious on on this one but um i this is a movie that i always come back to you know um every single year i try to watch it at least once and um it just it just reminds me of being a kid again you know cutting holes in like a blue cloth just the word around my face, like like Leonardo, and then having I had a there was one point I had a a cardboard cutout of all of them uh, from the second movie. I don't, it was the second movie. I don't know why, but I would always watch the first one anyway because oh, wow. it was it was my favorite one, and I'd take pictures next to that cutout with the with the fake bandana on with the eyes cutting in, into it. You know? <laughs> so no, this is a movie that I would will continue every single year to go back to. I mean, I've watched it very early this year, so there's a chance I might watch it twice this year, but <laughs> I'll I'll continue to go back to it and I'll, I'll never get enough of it. It'll never get old to me. I don't know. I love it. It'll definitely go on the shelf for me. Okay. I'll go last. Uh, first, I do want to say this is on Netflix, so after you listen to what we have and you haven't seen it before or you want to, at least the first three for sure are on Netflix. I mean, the first two, there is no third movie. That never happened. So if you guys are interested after listening to it, I mean, yes, we, we talked about the whole movie. We spoiled the movie that came out 30 years ago. It's still can't spoil this. It doesn't matter. You're not watching this for the for the suspense, suspenseful story, but definitely. OK, so for me, this is the first movie I ever saw that my mom brought me to, which I have no recollection of. But she tells me the story every so often. Um, it's definitely going on the shelf. I wasn't sure about it the first time I watched this about a week ago. I was kind of like, eh, I was kind of split on it. But then I watched it again tonight because my wife put it on before she passed out. And I was watching it. I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty funny. Like, I'm actually having fun watching this movie. It makes me laugh. It's entertaining. So definitely go on the shelf. And I'm I'm really glad I went back to it. And for me, I don't really remember watching this as a child, though. I feel like I watched it when I was real little. And then I don't have any really remembrance of it later on. Other than I remember you had this song on your computer back in the Kazaa days and we were making and you were making fun of this one and Ninja Rap, my recollection of this. Oh man, Kazaa. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Those days. That's a <laughs> If I made right, my so... mic, you know what you know what else is on Netflix? What? Wow. Wild Wild West. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, listen to a good rap. <laughs> All right, and I think that about wraps up our show. I do have a quick thing I'm going to do after, but I do need to plug a couple things. Uh, First, I do want to give a quick shout-out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Balby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, from his EP, Bite the Bullet. The song is The Cool Kid Squad, which I never link in the the show notes, just his channel. So please follow him on YouTube. 
as you heard me say many times. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, now we got all that out of the way. That's everything, right? That I always say, I think. Yes. Okay. I think. <laughs> I was waiting for some kind of announcement. I was like, am I forgetting something? I'm still thinking about Wild Wild West. Oh, here. West. Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. No, there's six gun and this brother running this. <laughs> all right, I'll try. I, I have not practiced this, but I'm going to wrap the first verse or try to a turtle power. You want to count me off, oh, Rich, wow. with turtle power? <laughs> all right, good luck. But uh, all right, <laughs> you ready? Jeez, you ready? <laughs> One, two, three, four. I'm the half shell. They're the heroes for in this day and age. Who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this leastly evil force. This is serious. So give me a quarter. I was a witness. Get me a reporter. Call April O'Neil in on this case. And you better hurry up. There's no time to waste. We need help. Like quick on the double. Have a pity on the city. Man's it's in trouble. We need heroes like the Lone Ranger. When Tonto came pronto. When there was danger. They didn't say they'd be here in half an hour because they displayed turtle power. T-U-R-T-L-E-P-O-W-E-R-T-L-E-P-O-W-E-R-T-L-E-P-O-W-E-R-T-L-E-P-O-W-E-R-T-L-E-P-O-W-E-R-T-L-E-P-O-W-E-